This week on 4K Kings, we'll be discussing The Witch, Watchmen, Candyman, Wild Things, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Escape from New York, and Night of the Hunter. And we're back. Mm -hmm. Welcome to another week. 4K Kings, Blue News and Reviews. I'm Matt. I'm Russ. Russ, welcome back. Nice to see you again for another week. Nice to see you as well, Matt. Another jam-packed week, in this fact. This is a big one. This is a, a extremely big week. We actually came back a week early just to kind of cover the plethora, the slew of titles that just came pouring out uh, after we had stopped recording last week, which last week, not too many big high-profile things came out. We covered no. kind of a, a small smidge of interesting titles that we thought were pretty good but then man we got smacked in the ass right after that with a bunch of new ones that we did that we did um if you are new welcome uh this is 4k kings blue news and reviews where we are covering physical media make sure you subscribe leave some comments reach out to us we love our subscribers we do we love all of you we're fighting for each and every one of you every single day trying to bring you the best in physical media news and sometimes filthy movie reactions which we just put up our very first uh, movie reaction i guess we've done a couple trailer reactions which i know a lot of people loved Um, Mm. but we decided to do a serbian film a film reaction there which we just posted um today in fact Mm -hmm. arguably one of the most influential films of the 20th century 21st century mm-hmm. what century is this man it's like the 23rd or 4th but like for that. for people that haven't uh seen that clip yet go check it out but russ no spoilers how did you feel about watching a serbian film for the first time no spoilers no spoilers mixed 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 so mixed well a very passionate mixed very passionate mixed i'll yeah. say that well, uh, it was fun and exciting, and I hope that everyone enjoyed it. And like I said, it's posted now. For everybody that's listening uh, on Spotify, come check us out on our YouTube channel. If you are watching us on our YouTube channel, come check out our Spotify and listen to us in the car and hear all of our thoughts and opinions on physical media news that way, if you'd like. Mm-hmm. So this week, we're going to be talking about, like I mentioned, <clears throat> a ton of stuff, Um ton of stuff like the witch in 4k was just announced by second sight we'll be talking about that we're going to be talking about a bunch of arrow stuff that was announced like wild things Candyman, a new titans occult which we just said in our last episode like where the hell are they and they just came right back like a day after with an announcement that they're going to be doing the watchmen um and then also some turbine media germany releases like the texas chainsaw massacre and they're also doing Candyman too um shout factory also just like dropped a bomb the other day too with like a ton of stuff they dropped Candyman as well yeah they did um so there's a lot of stuff coming out from a lot of different studios we're gonna be trying to cover up as cover as much as we possibly can of all of it and then a little bit more so stay tuned thanks for listening thanks for watching um but before we jump into any news Russ, I don't know if you were aware, but this Friday, because I kind of lost track, to be honest, because I've seen promotional stuff for this for a really long time. I don't even know when this the Batman was supposed to come out, but turns out it comes out on Friday. And the only reason I know that is because two days ago, reviews started finally like showing up online. And I started, I, you know, decided to start reading them just because I was curious from the get-go with the trailers. Like, is this a joke? Is it good? What are people going to say? Hmm. What's the direction it's taking? All that kind of stuff. And I'm going to guess brooding. You're definitely going to be accurate on the brooding. No so way, really? Tons of a brooding. Batman movie? T- 
Tons of I thought this was the one that was going to reinvent all the 12 other films we've had in the past. No, no. Years. Extra brooding, in fact. And apparently the brooding transcends not just the Batman character, but also Bruce Wayne himself, whether he's with Alfred, whether he's with his friends or not friends, but, you know, colleagues, friends. colleagues, you know, people at Bruce Manor, like Bruce Indus- uh, Wayne Industries, Wayne Manor, all that kind of stuff, whether mm-hmm. he's kind of, you know, he's just always brooding. Like, Luscious Fox. Luscious. Yes, brooding, brooding with him. Um, so, so yeah, so there's that. But the reviews are actually pretty good. I mean, they're coming in pretty good. They're praising a lot of the, you know, obviously the, the side characters as well as Robert Pattinson himself. The one thing that I've seen some people divided on is the length. It's nearly three hours, apparently, which... Too I, short. I could, you know, I could uh, leave that also. I mean, I think the longest Christopher Nolan Batman was like 235, maybe 240. I want to say was that was the last one. This one's clocking in closer to three, so I don't know. I think that's kind of a bummer, but I don't know. Apparently, it's it's ener- it's energetic, it's lively, it's you know not reinventing anything. No one's like making that claim, but everything that they're doing works. It's supposed to be like a combination of L.A. Confidential and Seven. <clears throat> I picked up on the Seven thing like right away from the trailer. I mean, that was pretty obvious what they were doing. Zodiac Killer Seven. It looked very familiar, mm-hmm. um, but the whole L.A. Confidential thing kind of has me curious as far as a there's a big shootout at the end detective story rather than just action and gadgets and stuff i don't know what do you think you're not going to see it no matter what is that right <laughs> tell me how you really feel this could it could be a great movie it could be a good movie i don't see it being anything different than what nolan did in what way like you you just in think what it's way be a in, in taking in taking a classic crime film from the 90s mm-hmm. and updating it. Kind of like Batman Joker. characters. Kind of like Joker with Taxi Driver, that kind of thing. Like taking just some classic movie. That was at least a little more inspired. And Todd Phillips had something to say about the state of films. But no, I mean, if you watch The Dark Knight, everyone involved, Nolan himself, they basically remade Heat, mm-hmm. a crime film from 1995. Yep. And now if these early reviews for this new one are saying, hey, it's just like Seven a crime film from 1995. <laughs> I don't know. To me, this is just paint by numbers filmmaking. You just insert comic book characters into serious films of the past. And that just depresses me, honestly. Yeah, it depresses me. It depresses me that modern adult audiences cannot sit through a film, a film like seven or heat, unless there's capes involved. Well, and that has nothing to do. This is just a personal preference. This has nothing to do with how well made this Batman film may be, but it could be Citizen Kane, and it's it wouldn't impress me at this point. I just feel like I I'm burnt out. You've seen Batman. I've seen times Batman now. over and over and over again. There's not much to that character on screen. In the comics, I feel like you could do a lot more. On screen, it's just parents die, brood, put on a suit, barely talk. How how many variations can you do of that? That is why for damn near every Batman film incarnation that exists that is celebrated, it's usually the villains who elevate it, mm-hmm. which I'm sure this one does, too, because they know that we've had countless examples previously. Is there like any- I said, it's, it's not so much that I think it's going to be a bad movie. I am just fatigued on it. Is there anything that anyone could do to a Batman story that would make you want to see it again? Or is it pretty much just, you know, you've seen it plenty, you, you get it a at break. this point. Just a break? A break. Yeah. I need that long, I, I maybe not even a long break. I need like that break that Joel Schumacher, in between Joel Schumacher and Christopher Nolan. 
I just need a break where I know no Batman movies are coming on the horizon, nothing, some time passes by. So maybe a new filmmaker will have a vision. But right yeah. now, they are all just being held, honestly, to Christopher Nolan's standard. Even this one. I feel like this would not exist if Christopher Nolan's trilogy didn't exist. Yeah, I think you're right. Where like the difference in tone and style from Joel Schumacher to Nolan was obviously here, whereas yeah. this one's probably more like here. You know, yeah, it's like and, it's and Nolan it, and this guy a little bit, but the difference isn't enough to where, like you said, exactly. it's like I'm ready and hungry for this new thing. I, I'm not at all. Yeah. That's the problem. And it could be good. It could be a very good movie. I'm a fan of a lot of people involved within it. Yeah, and I'm, um, it's like I said though, same thing. Man. It's I could be wrong, but yeah, I'm I'm not interested enough to check it out. Yeah, well, I don't think you're getting the break because obviously this one's going to do phenomenally well, especially since the reviews are like great already, which means there'll be another trilogy with Robert Pattinson, and that'll just be our reality for the next few years. I don't have Batman. anything against Robert Pattinson. No. I like him; he's good, but. Again, like when he was announced and there was a whole outcry, oh, the Twilight dude's going to be Bruce Wayne, Batman, you know, just like they did with Michael Keaton, just like they did. I'm sitting here. You're in a suit. You're bru like there. Any actor could do this. I don't understand the fascination with it. Yeah. With like, oh, who's going to play Bruce Wayne? Who can? Anybody could. Yeah. I mean, George Clooney did. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm, you know, it's I'm, funny. I had a friend once who actually said, if you think about it, George Clooney is probably as a human being outside of acting is probably the closest to Bruce Wayne <laughs> than any George of the Clooney uh, is Batman. We just didn't know it in that time in the, like 97, whenever yeah. Batman and Robin came out, he yeah. was like a playboy rich. He was cool. He was so yeah. like, Hey, he was kind of badass. You could yeah. see Clooney doing something outside, yeah. going out and fighting crime or whatever. Like yeah. he's the closest to it. And obviously people did not like that interpretation. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. Are we doing the Batman discussion right now, or are we just talking about? No, we are. New one. Oh, okay. no, this is it. Okay. We're having a full blown discussion. Um, I apologize. No, geez. Um, I'm not fatigued enough to not be interested to see this. I think I I skipped the the Ben Affleck ones and the Justice League ones. So did I. And I think it's it more had to do for me with. Ben Affleck being the being Batman and also because I'm here just hear me out Batman him being Batman and also the tone of those films in general like uh, when we talk about Watchmen later we can talk about like Zack Snyder and his vision and his directorial style and stuff it's just I don't mm -hmm. I don't like it I don't like how that looks it's like if Joel Schumacher put one out today and it looked just like the George Clooney one I'd be like I'm not going to see that that looks like crap I would you to would, me that would be like well, wow you guys I mean, instead of, instead that of, would feel different I'm saying instead of this Robert Pattinson one some other goofball shit came out I don't know that I'd be as excited to see something that I mean I feel Batman should be taken seriously and I guess that's just ingrained in me been, from the beginning and, yeah. and i don't know that i can ever go backwards so when it's like okay what's this next person going to do you're right like i'm not going to probably go see this in the theater but i will check this out and see what all this hoopla is all about i mean i like yeah. batman i like the story and, and like you said i like robert pattinson enough to see okay what was what's his take on this character within this movie within this universe is it good is it not good it's kind of like seeing three, christian bale for the first time give me three options give me three takes that someone can do on bruce wayne batman what do you mean, like, as far as, like, how they well, well, how they said, approach it? You just said Robert Pattinson. I'm interested to see Robert Pattinson's take. Just give me three examples of a take any actor could do on Batman Bruce Wayne. No, I mean... And have it not be, I guess, like, what the fuck. No, you're unless right. Unless you're doing it a certain way. There is only one take. There's one take, but I guess let me rephrase. Maybe it's... 
I'm interested to see a Batman movie with an actor that I find interesting or good. Like I don't you find I don't find Ben Affleck. I know, but I, mean, I think that he's pl- like boring to that me. plays more into my fatigue. We've had it. Mm-hmm. Christian Bale, Michael Keaton. Like I, I don't know. Michael like Keaton. I'm not. And I understand generation because those are old. Mm-hmm. Even even Nolan's now mm-hmm. we're over a decade removed from them. I, just me personally, I, I'm just done. No, nah, and that three hour runtime. Yeah, that's that's going to be the real deal breaker. If I'm being honest, <laughs> yeah, that's find the time to sit down for three hours on a movie that I'm lukewarm at best on watching. Yeah, yeah, it's a that's a. Big, I'm going to have to hear rave reviews from either friends or critics i trust yeah i can't go with the consensus on any comic yeah. book movie so far i've most reviews i've read do ding it on a couple of things nobody's like you know like praising it entirely but it's definitely getting overwhelmingly positive reviews versus say a batman versus superman when that came out and everyone was like oh my god what is this garbage like there mm. is still something that people are seeing in this movie outside of mm-hmm. some of the obvious flaws, but they that aren't being named. I think people are being fair. And I think that's what I'm ultimately saying is I am not the audience. Yeah. So, I mean, if there are people out there, more power to them. Power if it's well them. made, it's hard for me to say, I hope it's successful because I do, I kind of want this comic book era just to, I just balance it. I want films that like in the multiplexes, not in the indie art house theaters, but in multiplexes that are just human stories that don't revolve around comic books, Harry Potter, any, any <laughs> source material, honestly, that kids can enjoy. Do you think those types of movies though, try to at least keep the theaters alive so that those other movies can, make they are keeping in the theaters so alive. They're the only ones to keep, but even that coming in, you got to think though, even that when Disney bought Marvel, and let's not kid ourselves. It's Marvel who's the biggest one here. I know we're talking Batman. Yeah. Um, Disney Plus, they're going to take all that. They're going to try and build people or, you know, have people gravitate towards that streaming platform. The theater experience, they're trying to get out of that. Mm-hmm. That's more expensive to do. You yeah. know why? And yeah, Marvel's keeping it alive. I don't think that's Marvel's mission statement the way you said it, but that's inadvertently it's, it's what they have become. Yeah. You know, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm 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 interested to see it. I think I'm going to check it out. I don't know when, but I also because I'm like really tuned up on Batman anyway. For we kind of have had like a Batman marathon in this house for the past like, like two months ago. We watched every single Batman, all the not Tim, Ben Affleck, Tim Burton, Joel Schumacher, all of no Adam West, all Nolan, no Adam West, and definitely no Ben Affleck. Um, but I, Why I definitely kind of, know de- well, for one, if you, if you're going to see, there is no solo Ben Affleck Batman. Uh, that is true. You have to endure Henry Cavill. You have to endure Wonder Woman and all these other Justice League jokers. It's like, I'm not in that universe. Like, I don't need to, see, I, I would maybe if they had a, a solo, solo Batman, maybe mm. I would consider it and see what that take was. But you're really appealing to a much wider audience when you have to cram in cyborg and the flash and like all these other people than just these more gritty styles. But I do think watching these ones again, like I hadn't seen Batman forever. I hadn't seen Batman and Robin in such a long time or Batman returns. Um, kind of gave me a new sort of appreciation and not, I don't even want to say appreciation, but just a new feeling for how I view those movies in total. Um, hmm. And same thing with the Christopher Nolan ones. Like, I don't know. It was like interesting to have like a refresh on them. And I feel like most of the things I remember enjoying about all of them, I still enjoyed. 
and the things that I remember disliking, I really disliked. Again, I don't mm. know that any. I don't know that my opinion really changed too much as much on anything as much as things just became a little bit more clear. Well, there's nothing ambiguous about these movies. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing you're going to rewatch in 20 years. You'd be like, like oh, wow, remember that? That's so deep. That was deep. The way the penguin. When George Clooney whipped out the Batman credit card. <laughs> yes. Whoa, yes. That, was a, that was a comment on capitalism in the 90s. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, just looking at them, the first one still holds that not only like nostalgia. You're saying the first one, yes. 65 Batman. No, I'm is talking the first. I'm one. talking 89. But talking let's 89. let's show some love to that real quick. Okay, show some because love. I grew up on that one. I saw that as a little little kid, and I loved it. I saw it before 89's Batman, and I was yeah. seven when 89's Batman came out. Uh, of course, it's campy and corny, but. It's fun, man. Yeah. It's well made for what, dude. It's an entertaining movie. And I swear, I'll give Batman 65 this. I can't tell you one quote from Batman Begins, but any day of the week, I can say, you know, some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. <laughs> and that's <laughs> and that's a hilarious line, and it's played so well comedically. Dude, yeah. Batman 65, it's thumbs up. All right, thumbs, thumbs up. up. Hey, I'm not going to hate. I wanted to get that out of the way. Get it out of the way. Yeah, I'm I not going to hate. we weren't going to touch on it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not going to hate on anything that came before. I just know what... That was an important step, too. I think towards sure. getting Batman onto the screen and then eventually be taken seriously. 100%. You need to pay respect to where it started because if without where it started, then you wouldn't have these other takes and these other people that are trying to do something different. And, you know, I think it I think it still permeated a little bit of what went, out through, went on through the other ones, but... Mm -hmm. um, Definitely Schumachers. For sure. I mean, I think it's just the one that you know, hit for me when I saw it first and 89. shaped me it was obviously 89 and it's still, yeah. still the same. Um, it's still like holds up. It's such a good mix of all the stuff that Batman should be, including the seriousness. Like, I think you were saying like all these gritty takes like this one, mm -hmm. like for the time people looked at this, like, Holy shit, this is a dark fucking movie or something. And it, it really isn't. It's gritty and dark enough, but it's also got so much fun and energy and life to it that some of these other later ones that are only serious just mm. do not have for a comic book movie. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's pretty notorious that Tim Burton once said like he's not a fan of comic books. He's never read one in his life. And uh, 89 Batman, I think, has this perfect balance of Tim Burton and what you're saying, like a, a pretty accurate, faithful portrayal of Batman, especially yeah. for 1989. Yeah. Um, and it does. It, it The marriage of his style with that, it works beautifully. It's a very entertaining movie. It's super entertaining. And, and, and when you think about it, the, even as kids when we watched it, because we were seven and it was Batman mania, people getting the bat symbol, you know, yeah. in their hair and shit like that. Um, we were seven. And there's not a lot of Batman in that movie, especially for the first like hour. It's a lot of like gangster shit. It is. Yep. But for some reason, and that's that entertaining. It is. That's yeah. That captivated me as a child as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, you had enough Batman just in the beginning, like that sting in the beginning where yeah. he presents himself, says I'm Batman, rooftop. does some cool shit. It's like, OK, now I'm immediately hooked and take me to wherever you're going to go. And by not having Batman yeah. a little bit longer, you're anticipating it like so much. And even Nicholson was genius casting because even when he's not in the white makeup, which he isn't at all for like, again, the first hour of the movie, he's maniacal. He's oh, Jack yeah. Nicholson. That's yeah. still the Joker. Anyway, I don't care if you put face paint on him or not. Yeah, that's Nicholson. He's a psycho. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. Now, and it's. It, it really is good. And I think 
I watched Batman Returns, I think almost the next night. So we were kind of mm-hmm. just like going right for, through with it. Now, real quick, and, what I just said about Batman 89, where it was the perfect marriage of 50% Tim Burton, 50% Batman. Mm-hmm. Batman Returns is a Tim Burton movie just first. Just 100%. Tim Burton movie first, Batman movie second. And I think that's why I love it so much. Because mm-hmm. he, t- he had way more freedom on that one. Uh if you could tell the humor's darker, there's more, more of his imagery is prevalent. Mm-hmm. It's, <laughs> it's Tim Burton. I didn't find one. it as entertaining. I do. And I find, I, love it. I didn't, I didn't find it as entertaining. I think it I wasn't more of a I, mean spirit. That's what way. I mean. Yeah, that's what I mean. And I, and I wasn't having fun with it. And I think that's okay from a standpoint of like, but that's not what I think I want, mm-hmm. wanted from Batman. So it's almost like, I think the other thing too, and, and you mentioned this about the first one, is that there's n- there's like 50% Batman and 50% the Joker and, and Jack Nicholson. It's like almost uh, a little bit more Joker steals uh, the show I, sometimes. I'd say Joker is more in yeah. Batman than Batman. I mean, and Nicholson I even at top his, his presence, you're right. And mm-hmm. like, I think his presence draws away from Batman a lot because, and, and he, and why not? I mean, he's just as good, you know, if not Batman's better. villains are more interesting than Batman. Right. In my opinion, that should be the case in every Batman movie that the villains get more screen time. And that's exactly, I think what happens in the second movie, because he's sharing mm-hmm. the screen with not just one villain, but he's sharing it with Catwoman and Penguin and the Shrek character. And Batman's screen time is even more reduced than probably he was even in the first one as Batman and as Bruce Wayne, because these other three stories just seem mm. so much more, prevalent i actually think this is a great catwoman origin story sometimes over before it being a batman story i really yeah, think her as a character was excellent michelle pfeiffer is oh, incredible in phenomenal. it that's probably my favorite catwoman interpretation 100 percent agree 100 the, the whole attitude of it the look mm-hmm. of it the costume everything about it was just like incredible you know what i loved about the costume too uh you know catwoman's always been sexualized fetishized I always felt like, I mean, it definitely is that. I'm not trying to say Michelle Pfeiffer isn't sexy or, but but like her hair is like, it's actually a suit. I always liked that. It wasn't like her hair hanging out. It wasn't, it it looked oddly plausible for the universe it's in. Yeah. Whereas you look at Halle Berry, that looked like a Halloween costume. Yeah, it looked ridiculous. Yeah, Um, yeah. And even in this new Batman, this person's like a cat burglar type, Anne Hathaway, very similar in the, in Batman. That's my Um, girl. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, very similar, like a cat burglar, just like a little mask on. It's just like, okay, that's an interesting take. But that Catwoman, the Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman is like, but you got to say, come on, if you insert comic bookie. Yes. If you inserted Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman into Christopher Nolan's universe, that would, it wouldn't make sense. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. But I will say the dark humor was totally up oh, in way Batman Returns. Up. And I love that because Burton had more creative control on this one. He brought in Mark Waters, who was the uh, writer for Heathers. Burton was a huge Heathers fan, obviously had the connection to Winona Ryder and all that. Um, and Mark Waters added a lot of that mm-hmm. Christopher Walken pushing around. Actually, it's a lot. It's like, yeah. You know, boom. yeah. <laughs> or it could be worse. My nose could be gushing blood, which I, yeah. I think that's hilarious, dude. It's it is. such weird off the wall. Like, huh? Like, it who is. Wrote this? And when you have someone like Jack Nicholson deliver lines like that, I feel like it comes across funnier. Whereas you have a penguin I, who's like dripping with like black ooze com- saying I some of these still, lines. I don't know that it comes across the same. It's no, little, it doesn't. And Danny DeVito penguin is like it's sleazy it's gruesome and sleazy, sleazy. yeah, yeah and even, yeah. His even whole, for the movie even his whole plot and everything that he was trying to achieve i feel like didn't work for me like i didn't really I like how his plot was stupid too i mean the thing i feel like <laughs> here's why i think the joker 
the Joker always is the best villain in, in most of these just because he's chaos and he has no plan and he's he's just trying to disrupt. Whereas the Penguin, the Penguin had this very specific mission to kill all the firstborns. And then you have these other villains that have this Even very specific so... mission to do all this very, they, they all have this specific thing like Bane, like, oh, I'm trying to destroy Gotham and give it its, you know, its comeuppance. It's like they all have these plans that all seem flat to me. Whereas the Jokers, whenever they're around, it's like, I just want to fuck with everybody we want to just be chaos and destructive and destroy and that's that's a tough villain to fight against i don't know no dude what. i don't feel like that was introduced in the film world at least until heath ledger i don't feel like jack nicholson's joker was all about Not chaos. chaos i mean he was putting stuff into your deodorant and your soap he was like and didn't no one knew well, that's what a product. plan though that's not chaos i mean that's that's, a that's, plan. that's that's well yeah it's i mean to sow like discord and chaos and fear it's like it's just I, interesting i don't know like what Batman, is what was he trying he to do ultimately kill, he was just a psycho i felt like i didn't feel like he was trying to sow seeds of chaos amongst well, gotham city well no anything. that's what the thing is he is a psycho there's no plan and reasoning yeah. with the psycho all these other ones have some like well in the dark night I feel like Heath Ledger literally his Joker was just about that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm going to let humanity kill itself. I'm yeah. going to try and you know, watch terrorist. the world burn. Yeah. Well, I didn't yeah. get that from Nicholson's. It was too much. There was too much tongue in cheek in the performance, maybe, which yeah. is good. If you got Jack Nicholson doing it, you're yeah. great. Not everyone yeah. can pull that off. But let's move on to forever. I've never seen Batman forever. And what about Batman and Robin? You saw that? I've seen Batman and Robin. You have. Okay. Well, forever. I've seen parts of Batman forever. Forever is kind of like the sort of blending, if you will, of Batman and Robin and, and the original Batman. It's like trying to be a serious Batman movie while half being a cartoon. And then when you get to Batman and Robin itself, it, mm. you're just watching a cartoon, essentially. That's, that's why I respect Batman and Robin more. Yeah. And what's funny about that... I, res I respect it more for that. What's, uh, what's, I didn't know this, but what's funny about that is so in Batman Forever is when Chris O'Donnell's character is introduced. And he, he becomes Robin at the end of it. And in, in 4, he is Robin from the beginning. But at the end, you know, so he's in it for a good amount of the time and he's, you know, big, big part of it. But he did an interview and was basically saying, you know, I had a good time on Batman Forever. We were trying to do something original and different, whatever. But by the time we got to Batman and Robin, Joel Schumacher would literally be on like a crane with like a bullhorn and just be shouting down over everyone like, remember, everyone, this is a cartoon. Remember, remember this. We're filming mm -hmm. a cartoon. And, and Chris O'Donnell was just like, I just couldn't get down with that. And he was said, he said like a lot of people within that production kind of like were soured by the way that the direction that was going in and that might've affected performances. Like who knows what all these excuses That's also mean. in hindsight but though. It, it is. That's in hindsight. And the reaction was so negative. Oh, it was horrible. It stopped comic book movies in their tracks. Yeah. Like, what is he going to say? Yeah. It was no, horrible. I put my heart into this and I did the best, <laughs> no, I don't the know. best portrayal of Robin ever on screen, but that yeah. asshole, Joel Schumacher, he just wanted to make yeah. it a cartoon. Like that didn't happen. Yeah. And if, and for, and Batman, Batman Forever, he's Batman almost the entire time. Like he's very rarely um, Bruce Wayne, and I think that is probably again going back to Batman Returns. He's not really Batman that often, and I think people wanted to see more Batman. Joel Schumacher's like, we're going to give him mm -hmm. as much Batman as they want. They start the movie off both three and four with Batman in full uniform, looking at the Batmobile, getting in it, and driving off. Whereas in the first one. It's sort of like hinted at for a little bit. So you finally have these reveals. They're like, nope, we're just balls to the wall Batman from the beginning of it. And that's kind of the direction they went in. I find three to be very entertaining, to be honest. I find it to be more entertaining than the second one. As far as oh. as far as if you're looking at oh it from God. a like I'm going in to watch something to have fun. 
Like this Batman movie, Returns is that's fun it, on a real level. Batman Forever is fun. condescending, dude. Even Batman, at thirteen, I avoided Batman it. Forever is condescending. You didn't see it. I, I've seen parts of it. I oh, said, I but you, you know what? See it. I parts. I've never sat down and watched the entire thing. Oh, you got to, dude. It's classic. No, I don't. And this is why. <laughs> even when I was thirteen, I boycotted it because they fired Tim Burton. That was the whole thing. Was like, yo, we can't. That Batman Returns was scaring kids in movie theaters. So it's like, let's get Joel Schumacher, a journeyman, we can boss around, mm-hmm. make it more colorful. That's why it looks purpley and pink and all that. And as you said, and to me, now you're giving me a product. It, even at 13 years old, I saw through it. Yeah, put Jim Carrey in there. there was who, a he was soundtrack. On, he was on fire. The soundtrack even sucks. Oh, uh, kiss from a rose. I mean, hold me, throw me, kiss me, kill me by you too. Yeah, that sucks. Oh, that song is so good. And I'm a huge PJ Harvey fan. I can't even tell you what her song is on that soundtrack. Dude, everything on that soundtrack if, sucks. If it makes you feel any better, if I was to rank these films, it would be one, two, three, four. Because I do okay. think that's that two. Makes me feel better. I feel like two is a better movie, and I enjoy I enjoy the spirit of Tim Burton over Joel Schumacher any day of the week. But what I'm saying is, when I watched the third one right mm. after two, I kind of had fun with it. Like the second mm. one is such a downer in a way that I was like, okay, I'm it's ready. Not a downer. It felt like a down, dude. I just, I just watched it. It wasn't fun. I've seen it a billion times. It's when was the last time you watched it? Well, last time I sat down and watched Batman yeah. Returns in its entirety. Check it I mean, out. Like ten years yeah, ago. Man, but I'm saying, dude, I watched it a lot. The first I two I mean, I've seen I at least twenty times in my life. I don't know. At least the four's not. Four's this, not worth anything. But no, that's why I kind of respect four, or maybe respect is a strong word. Yeah, that's strong. But I defend it a bit okay because if you're going to turn this into a complete product bullshit cartoon go for it yeah they and to me in. three was like we're selling you it but we want the kids and we want yeah this. they had we their foot in both we got jim carrey in here yeah. we got all this yeah. stuff and it's they definitely like, were trying to do both with it, that. yeah three they were like nah this is just straight kids movie yeah. and as corny as that is I, hey if you want to really look at it out of every batman movie created maybe batman and robin is the most original out of them all it stands out the most out of all of them maybe i don't know i don't know i i mean i watched it exactly like that like this is a cartoon and for my sensibilities of what i want to watch at least these days it's not for me like i didn't no, like it i didn't no, like no. get down with it i didn't like it i don't like george clooney as batman i don't like arnold yeah. schwarzenegger as mr freeze no, i didn't funny. like I mean, yeah, I mean, to, unintentionally, right? I know. Gonna, it wasn't intended. You, I'm exactly. not watching it the way it was intended right. to be viewed. Yeah, but uh, but I, would I mean, you have to admit, dude, which one was Coolio in? Was he in one? Did I forget? Yeah, he's in no, one. Oh, he was. Oh, he was in it's Batman or Robin, isn't it? Maybe three or four. I can't remember. Yeah, he's definitely in one or two. I don't know. That that says everything. It say. does. It does. I mean, Joel Schumacher did a Joel <laughs> Schumacher thing, but for me, it's definitely one, two, three, four. Definitely in that order, and then. The Nolan ones are just in their own other league. I mean, I watch those as well. Not, I don't want to say league, but just different. They're definitely in their own other league from Joel Schumacher. But as far as what Tim Burton was trying to do, it's just a different thing. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. Three, uh, Batman Begins and Dark Knight still hold up to me. I, I kind of, sometimes I forget how great I feel Batman Begins is. I think like Dark Knight overshadows it a lot since it's come out. But I mean, Begins is such a good movie as well. But that third one, Dark Knight Rises, still sucks, still long, still clunky terrible in so many ways boring just like not like you can i know you and i've had this conversation where there's so many things you can pick apart about all of them and like to kind of show like how maybe not great any of these movies are but if you're within this three-part universe and you're trying to be sold on this whole concept this one is just like weighing the whole ship down in my opinion if you take them for what they are Hmm. uh i've seen batman begins once around the time it came out and I wasn't a fan, mm-hmm. but 
again, I it's it's beloved. Um, and I don't really have anything like negative to say about it. I just yeah, it didn't hit me. It's solid. Dark Knight is a good movie where Heath Ledger's performance confused everyone into thinking it was a great movie. Dark Knight Rises, I'm with you, isn't a good movie. Maybe it's passable, but the same problems in Dark Knight Rises are there in Dark Knight. Dark Knight Rises to me feels it just, lazy it is, in a way. It does, but I always kind of forgave it because you have to understand that whole plot, it was supposed to be like Heath Ledger was supposed to be in it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It yeah. wasn't supposed to go down that way. Uh, it felt half-baked or undercooked or something. And I'm I'll tell you, the runtime, the runtime, the runtime dude really messed it me does. up too. When I saw him like it two does. hours and 40 it's, something, it, it's unjustified. It's so unjustified. It's I so agree. unjustified. And even, even the villain, just, even just the dark nights, that runtime, I mean, that whole thing with uh tiny Lister where he's like, that could have been taken out completely. Yeah, I, I think that was an interesting little thing they try to like make a point on at the end. But I mean, you probably already made that point by that time. Yeah, but I'm telling you, all the plot holes that are visible in Dark Knight Rises are there in Dark Knight. It's just Heath Ledger makes you forget them. Yeah, and, and you like you, you walk said, out of that movie and all you're thinking about is Heath Ledger, and he's only in it for like maybe 15 minutes. Yeah, out of that two plus hour runtime. The the villains so like of said, these movies, if they're not good, then these movies aren't good. And I'm I'm totally in agreement with you. That makes or breaks all of these films that I've ever seen. And I've dabbled into some of these other DC ones, like a wonder woman and all this shit. And it's like, though some of these characters are good, but if they're not going up against something that I feel is formidable or is also as captivating, then this movie is just trash. And this mm-hmm. Bane character as interesting on its face as it seemed, he slowly after like 20, maybe minutes becomes like something that you're like is a half baked rehash mm-hmm. of the first Batman begins. Cause his plan is the same plan as the first movie. He wants to destroy Gotham just like the because he's with the League of Shadows. He's like, oh, we didn't take care of the job the first time. Here, I'm coming back. Okay, half-baked, not original, lazy. Then at the very end, the climax of the movie, he's literally like blasted away without any care, just like dead because, ta-da, there's some reveal that Talia al Ghul Ra's al Ghul's sister has been right in front of us the whole time. It's, um, what's yeah. her name? Rachel, Vi- or not Rachel Vice, um, uh, Marianne Cotillard. Mm. She's been in this movie as like an acquaintance. Oh my gosh, she's like this person. Forget Bane, who's been in this movie for two hours and a half at this point. We just like kill him for, for like nothing. Like so many things just fall flat in this movie. Batman's not even Batman. He's hurt off screen for like half of a three hour runtime. I agree, I agree. You Trash. Know, you know who doesn't fall flat in that movie though? Miss Anne Hathaway. I was about to say Anne Hathaway. She does not. Yeah, you have to admit. You, you love have Anne to admit she has light. She's the only one in that movie where it's like, damn, you want to be there. I yeah. feel you. It's a di- like I'm not going to compare it to Michelle Pfeiffer or Halle Berry or Eartha Kid or whoever, but like in Christopher Nolan's universe, she ma- she managed to make that feel alive, and that's why I love the chick, dude. She's a great actress. Honestly. I know you love to use Anne Hathaway, but um, well, dude, everything you're saying, The Dark Knight. I want you to, I've asked this question to so many people over the years. I will ask you, I will posit it to the people watching. Please answer me in the comments at the end of the dark night. Why couldn't it have been blamed on the Joker? Why did Batman have to take the fall? Joker was on TV in Gotham. There everywhere. Every Gotham citizen would have been aware of the Joker. And the whole thing was, we got to make Harvey Dent look good so that there's faith in the system and all that. So Batman has to take the fall. Just blame the Joker. Could have done that, probably. There you go. Problem solved. Batman doesn't have to go into retirement, all that. But 
you don't get a cool title like the Dark Knight, because Harvey Dent was the White Knight of Hope. Batman can be whatever Gotham needs him to be. I'm just saying that ending was silly. It was silly. There's so many plot holes in that movie. And like I said, I was duped myself. The first time I saw it, I walked out of that theater like, holy shit. Yeah. And when I rewatched it, that's when I was, dude, this is Heath Ledger, like confusing everyone. And it is an iconic performance. He deserved the Oscar. It had nothing to do with his death. I mean, maybe it had something to do with this. It'll be, death. it'll be remembered but for forever. Me, it's iconic. Like dude, you, said. you can watch it now. If, if you show that movie to someone who's like was a, was in diapers at that time and they didn't know Heath Ledger was dead, they're gonna walk away from that movie feeling the same way I did the first time I saw it. Yeah, it played no factor. No, and it was a great performance. Yeah, at the end of Dark Knight, after he falls like nearly to his death, and like all that stuff happens where he doesn't blame the Joker and he like you know rides off, he's all broken. In the beginning of Dark Knight Rises, he's completely shattered. He's like got a cane. He can't even walk. Basically, he's like destroyed. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, they need him to be Batman. So he like puts some weird brace on his leg, and then he can like kick through a wall. He's like, I'm back. He breaks his back, and then somehow makes it around the world. (laughs) Well, that's after he becomes like Batman again the first time. After he's like, oh, I guess I'm not crippled anymore. Then Bane snaps him in half, essentially flies him around the world, leaves him in some jail in a pit in India. Then he has to somehow recover from that, climb up this thing to get back gets out of this pit, he's in India now, has to make his way from there back to Gotham, which, by the way, all the bridges have been blown up. He somehow makes his way back in to save the day. Takes with a broken a, back. With a broken back, takes a nuclear bomb on the Batwing, or whatever that dumb thing is. Some days middle, you can't get rid I mean, of a bomb. Yes. <laughs> into the middle Nolan. of the ocean. Drops it, blows up, ends up in France, and nah, winks at Alfred. It's I, like, what? I never put that together. That was Nolan calling back 65 Batman. He could get rid of the bomb in this one. <sighs> Nolan, I take it back. Dark Knight Rises is the crown achievement in that scene. <laughs> All right, dude. Let's get into some news, for God's sake. That's it for that. That's it. I can't do it anymore. All right. Let's see. <sighs> what, do we, what do we got here? Okay, here we are. Let's go here first. What new Anne Hathaway movies do we have this week in 4K? Uh, none this week, but up first. Up first, Russ. <clears throat> Coming out April 18th on 4K Ultra HD from my, dare I say my favorite company? I mean, they're they're up there. They're I mean, for all the releases they're putting out and how they're looking, I am really been impressed. And that is Second Sight. I thought you were talking about A24 for a second. No, <laughs> so not A24. A24 company? is a good company too. No, but yeah. Second Sight, great company. They're putting out The Witch in 4K on April 18th. And what appears to be another one of these, you know, collectible box set types, which they really nail every single time. Um, so this movie was previously uh, released in 4K back in 2019 already, and it was essentially bare bones. So this this release is getting a new slate of features and, you know, their usual great packaging. It's going to have Dolby Vision HDR. It's going to have an audio commentary by the director, Robert Eggers, a new commentary by some film writer. New interviews with Robert Eggers, Anya Taylor-Joy, Ralph Innocent, who plays the dad, Kate Dickey, the mom, and Harvey Scrimshaw, who is the brother. So nearly the entire family is back here in interviews. Um, that's the entire cast. That's that's pretty much everybody, yeah. Did the goat come back? Uh, <laughs> no, the goat did not come back for this uh, Blu-ray release <laughs> uh, or 4K release. Um, there's some other like featurettes where some Q&A at BFI London, um, some other interviews with Robert Eggers in the cast, and then a, sh- a short film by Robert Eggers as well. And then you've got a rigid slipcase with some new art. Um, and I then, like that art. and then a 150 page hardback book with new essays, stills, costume and production design gallery, and then six collectible art cards. 
Uh, I don't know if this transfer is new or old or director approved, but the previous release uh, was also Dolby Vision HDR. So, yeah, um, I don't know. This package looks great. Everything look, about this looks really great. I'm not sure about the art exactly. Um, that's the one thing that I was looking at it. I don't know if I like. I don't know if I like that new illustration on the cover. Um, well, but with Anya, well, she's he, becoming a star. She is. They got to put her on there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, Second Sight, they're picking up. So this year, they've got coming out Drive. They've got The Hitcher. They've got Texas Chainsaw Massacre they just announced. All their, these are coming out this year from them. Now, they don't say if it's a set like this, but they just keep announcing really great titles. And if they keep putting out stuff like this, I'm, you know, they're like rivaling Arrow at this point. Most of these releases I've gotten from them feel almost in a way better than some of the things that I'm getting from Arrow from time to time. Now, feature wise, are fe- they? Feature yeah. wise, um, I, I feel like some of these I've seen be really like that guest one is just like unmatched. Like, I don't know what else they could have possibly gotten, but this one seems fair, but maybe arrow maybe would have gotten a little bit more somehow. I don't know. But overall, I think the, the packaging definitely makes up for anything, um, there. Um, the other thing that's interesting about this too, is a two four themselves actually started putting out special edition DVD or Blu-rays in 4k. They did um, the last black man in San Francisco midsummer and that new movie they put out lamb. And there are these really intricate boxes with, you know, it's almost like, like canvas like mm. box and like they, nice booklets one. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. They look really, really nice. And when I saw this, I was really like happy and I, and I pre-ordered it right away, but I was curious if a two four might do something similar for this movie or if they still have the option to, or if, you know, only second sight has, but I don't know. I like that. I mean, I, I think it looks I'm nice. with you and it's more cause that cover is new. And yeah. It just looks like an artistic rendering of a scene in the movie. Kind Whereas of, the yeah. other one, it's just like, you know, yeah, I just, I don't know goat. if I like the illustration of her hundred percent. That's what I mean. Whereas like the goat looks or good. the crow, the raven, whatever that is, the yeah, bunny, the bunny that all looks really good. Yeah. It all looks really, really good. Um, but yeah, I, I basically, I pre-ordered this as soon as our good buddy Mark out there hit us up in an email, like after this had been announced, like a minute after lifesaver got in there real quick. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate that. Oh, is it already sold out? I actually don't know. Um, but it's actually, I was thinking about picking this up. Really? It's, I was. It, it was only 39 99 UK, which I think ended up being with shipping like less than $50. That's not bad. Yeah, it's decent. It's decent. Um, so yeah, so I know Russ, you said you hadn't seen this movie before, but this movie, I think in a, in a, I think in one way it's responsible for putting A24 like really on the map and then putting her, Anya Taylor-Joy, on the map as well. So I think A24, their first biggest thing that I remember was Spring Breakers. And that was like back in like 2013. Then they had like a hit with um, Ex Machina, that movie Room, which mm-hmm. was like that, you know, that kidnapping one, um, Under the Skin was also a two four, but then this one was 2016, I think. And then once this movie was kind of like a hit for them, they got moonlight after that and a couple other like big ones. And they just started like snowballing from there. Um, but this movie, I felt like its biggest downfall for people that went in to see it was maybe the trailer or maybe the thought that this was going to be like some insane, like scare a second horror film, because this movie is more atmosphere and tension as well as a mix of some legit scares uh, that are, you know, legitimately scary, but a lot of it's just mood. And it's like, I think, I don't know if that's like, that's this guy's deal where he uses like atmosphere in the environment and, and subtle soundtrack and stuff like that and musical cues to like, just build this dread. But 
I could see how a modern audience or even an audience back in 2016 that saw a trailer that was pitched to them and went there and thought, oh, this is boring. So that's interesting. I've never heard anyone say anything bad about this movie. Really? Are I there mean, detractors out there? I think it is kind of divisive as far as some people will say great horror movie, great this, great that. And most people will say that was boring. And mm. or it, I think the the only comment that I would maybe have about it is that it's not as accessible as as it could be because it's a period drama that is taking place in like the 1600s New England. And that's the, what I was about to say. The it, dialogue. It, yeah. It's almost like if you had <laughs> subtitles, it might be better just because not only what they're saying is whether it be slang or whatever, but it's also like the the language of that time. They're using words that you're not familiar with 100%. So again, you're going into a theater and you're like, can't understand maybe 25% of what the people are saying in terms of, you know, their language. So, can I mean, I think that's a roadblock for a lot of people too. Can you understand the goat? No comment on whether you can understand the goat or not. Um, <laughs> but I think... I maybe that is kind of a spoiler. <laughs> I just realized that. Jeez, Russ. Um, spoiler alert. I'm gonna have to cut Whoops. that out for later. Um, but I do, I do think again, this movie is more psychological horror than it is supernatural. And I don't know that people were ready for that. You see the movie called the witch. You're like, where is the witch? How many witches are there? Whatever. But I think that's, I don't know. I think it being a period piece was probably, probably helped. And, sort of uh keeping the morons away yeah from, it could be i mean if this had taken place in modern i, I don't know i will I say know. you know what's funny recently because of uh last night in soho which i haven't watched but um i was wondering where did she come from like literally her first movie so this is what she's from this is what she's known for and i think this movie like i said launched her launched a24 in a way and i think we had a similar conversation about scream where you told me that when Scream came out, it sort of launched a new genre or a new wave of like style of filmmaking. And I feel like The Witch did something similar where this new was era. Was The Witch the first? I know exactly what you're saying. This new, was like, I think you've referred to it as like style over substance. And I think people could probably levy that argument against this if you wanted to. But I do think that this movie holds a good balance of trying to use a certain style. And obviously it's, trying to bring you into a world. So it needs to create that element in that atmosphere. But also I think there is substance there that because people weren't getting it, maybe the way they expected that they may have turned on this movie a little bit, but I still think this movie is super effective. Whereas other movies that try to be like this movie fail or come across like hollow and all they could pull off was sort of camera ambiguity and ambiguity and yeah, whatever. Like, 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 you, like to me when I'm expecting ambiguity, it's not ambiguous anymore. Right. <laughs> like, and that's, that's the thing. This movie's not ambiguous. Like you, you want to talk about like hereditary or something like that movie is, or this style, you know what I yeah, mean? Like no, this yeah. wave of horror, this a 24 midsummer, you know, well that's a, that's the same director, but you know, these yeah. similar things like hereditary is a good example. That's a really tense interesting movie but there's it's so ambiguous at the end that unless you read like an explainer it's like you don't even know to some degree what happened at the end what the message was like you just are kind of okay and then but this movie <clears throat> it ends in a way that you understand everything that happened like there isn't yeah. any ambiguity at all it's like this is very clear what went down and i think that it's a success for that it's not trying to be that looks good yeah i think it's i think it's pretty solid um yeah my only gripe is that dialogue 
to the extreme to some degree. I mean, you it, it's kind of like once you watch it maybe a handful of times, it becomes a little bit more easy to kind of follow along with. But a couple of times in the beginning there, you know, for the first 20 minutes, it may take a second to kind of, I don't know, get it, get into that world that they're, that they're painting with mm-hmm. all the, uh, um, it's like, you know, historically accurate language and settings and lighting. It's like the whole movie was shot by like candlelight or something. It's like, I don't know. Um, it's the it, Revenant all over again. Kind of. This is Barry Lyndon all over again. And they also do some, <laughs> some crazy aspect ratio where there's like huge blocks on either side. It's like a one by like 66, like some strange thing where the whole picture is, you know, very constrained and claustrophobic, but but thin enough to where you can get really like wide shots of like the trees and stuff. So it's very, again, they like play that's, around with everything to make it atmospheric. I that's guess the way a lot of movies looked in the 1800s. That's what they mentioned. 1600s. Like they were like talking about not 1600s, movies in the 1600s. When did but, this take place? Yeah. Like 16 something, but it was off. saying he basically not that they had the, I don't know if it's a it's film reel from like the earliest styles of movies reels that they had was like in certain, these certain aspect ratios. And this was like one that they decided to use for this, like early in the history of film. So they could make it look retro and antique and whatever. I don't know. It's house of the devil all over again. Yeah. This dude, like this dude did, um, the lighthouse after this. And that was the witch all over again. That was more so careening into the territory of like style over substance. I mean, you could probably, glean enough away from it to understand what was going on but it was just a fever dreamy kind of a thing where it was just like one crazy scene to the next and willem dafoe bell of bell biv dafoe fame oh nice he's in it um yeah he's in i didn't it. know he acted yeah and he um i mean he's they just basically said go nuts and i feel like he did his best you know old-timey sea captain routine and it just works i mean he just nailed it it's Willem Dafoe. It probably does work Dude, really it well. It's probably yeah. entertaining as hell. It's, yeah, it's good. It's good. And, and then he's doing this Northman movie after that, which is that one with like one of them scars guards. Hmm. I don't know. One of them scars guards. Yeah, one, one of them scars guards. That's a shirt idea. Yeah, one of them scars guards. <laughs> one of them scars guards. Yeah. So <laughs> good on you, Anya Taylor Joy. Congratulations on all the uh, success you've had as a result of the witch. She's a viewer. She's a viewer. Um, thanks for subscribing and always reaching out. We're going to be, or at least I'm going to be pre-ordering this. I already have, and hopefully it'll be on the way. I think it's, what did I say? April. It's pretty, actually really soon. April 18th. It'll be out. Mm. Yeah. They announced that late, didn't they? Seems like it. It's just like right out, right away. As soon as the announcement, it was like a two months or not even a month later. So pretty awesome. So out April 18th. Russ, did you say you are going to pre-order? I don't know. I want to watch it. Okay. I want to check it out. Okay. It was always on my list. I just never got around to it. Gotcha. Well, it looks good. And thank you, Second Sight, as well, for putting on another quality release. Indeed. Indeed. Um, another film that was just announced from our good friends at Titans of Cult, who we talked about last week is saying, like, where have you been? You know, haven't seen anything from you in a little while. The last thing I saw was Halloween 2018 that they were putting out. And like a day later, I saw that they are going to be putting out Watchmen. On April 28th on 4K I'm Ultra su- HD. First of all, I'm actually shocked they're doing that. Are you? I mean, dude, that show just came out. And how did Titans of Cult get their hands on something like that? I wish it was the show. It's the Zack Snyder release. <clears throat> Not the show. The Zack Snyder Watchmen. And 
I think this actually does in a weird way. I think this makes sense for them. I can see this next to everything no, else. It totally does. Yeah, dude. I can <laughs> totally see. Totally makes sense. Yeah, I can see it next to literally everything they've done, and it's crazy too because the Watchmen has had a really long history on physical media. One that I feel like is built on cash grabs and price, not price gouging, but just cash grabs straight up. Like when this movie was announced, the Zack Snyder film was announced. Like. I don't know if it was before the movie. Yeah, before the movie hit the theater, they released something called the Motion Comic, which was essentially 12 episodes, 12 30-minute episodes of each episode being a chapter from the 12-chapter book, Watchmen. And it was the comic book panels, like slightly animated, just enough to where it looked like it was moving along. It wasn't like a cartoon or anything, but it was enough. And it was also narrated and read by this one guy. And he did all the voices and they were all different. He did the women. He did the men. He did all the different characters. Jay Farrow. Um, who? <laughs> SNL's Jay Farrow. Oh, he's good. a dude. He does great. Dude, he does. He does. No, it wasn't him. I forget the guy's name, but he's really good. He's got a good voice. That was funny until I had to explain it. It was. Sorry, Russ. <laughs> you got great humor, but I, I lost. I'm lost on that one. Um, so they put that out. Then the movie hits the theater. In the theatrical version, then of course you know Zack Snyder. Like when he puts a Blu-ray out, it's got to have his Snyder cut. cut. It's got to have the Snyder the cut. Snyder cut. Exactly. So the first thing that hit physical media on Blu-ray was the director's cut, and then in the UK you could get the theatrical cut if you wanted, but that was UK only. Wait, the theatrical the, the theatrical cut was never available. Never in available. America? Nope. I, didn't, I wasn't aware of that. Director's cut only. Theatrical cut came out available in the UK. And then following those releases, and by the way, all of these were like telegraphed. It was like, okay, you know, down the line, there's going to be some like giant to do. Squid. Right. Some giant squid to do <laughs> at the end of this road. But if you want to keep buying these releases, you can. So the next thing that came out was this thing called The Tale of the Black Freighter on Blu-ray. And it's like 30 minutes of an animated cartoon, which is of a comic book that a character is reading in the original graphic novel. So essentially in the graphic novel, there is a character reading a comic book and it's called tale of the black freighter. And every once in a while they cut to this comic book because this comic book is like also running parallel to this story. It's kind of like an allegory of what's going on real time in the real story that you're watching. Well, in Zack Snyder's movie, they actually made a cartoon of that. And they were supposed to like intersperse it in the way that they do in the Watchmen comic book, but they did not. But what they're telling you is you can have this isolated cartoon version of it that we created up front on a Blu-ray if you want it. I have a different different theory than you, though. I, I don't believe any of this stuff was cash grabs. No? No. I think, because I remember when this came out, I think this property, first off, comic book movie Marvel just started. When mm -hmm. did this come out? Oh, eight or something? Um, yeah, like 09, I think. Yeah. Marvel hadn't taken over the world yet. Comic book movies were a big thing, but they still, they weren't at the peak yet. They weren't at like Avengers level yet. And I think this title is niche. The people who, the people that were, they were trying to attract with this title. They're the people who are going to tear it apart. If mm -hmm. it is not faithful to a fault. Mm -hmm. And I, when I watch this movie, I've never read the, the book. That's what I felt watching it was that it was almost like, dude, you're giving me goddamn everything. It's like you don't want to leave anything off the table, even the length of the film without the Black Freighter or any of this other stuff. It just felt very like I might as well be reading the book <laughs> at this point. True. And I know they changed the ending with the squid thing and all that. But I mean, that aside, it just felt like 
to it felt like fan service to a fault yes but not traditional fan service where it's just like fan service in the sense of like i really want to let you know that i understand this source material i am treating it seriously i am treating it dark that's what it felt like over like i get it dude just like yeah (laughs) that's what it felt like to me someone who did not read the source material no 100 100 100 um but so you have this theatrical cut, right, that he did, and then maybe you have this director's cut that he's going even deeper on. Okay, let me, you know, like, let me give you more for mm. the fans, because like you said, what more is there? Well, guess what? There was more. There was like 30 minutes more for the director's cut. Then after that Black Freighter thing gets released, out comes the ultimate cut, which is literally every last piece of footage he shot, plus the Black Freighter embedded in there. So mm. now you've got the full, like you said, I might as yeah. well just... Read the book. book. Well, and to my point again, we literally just have, so you're telling me it's very good HBO series. So there is a lot to mine from this material, apparently. And like I said, it didn't bug me as much with this title, whereas we talked about why is the new Batman three hours? This one, it was kind of like, all right, the people who love this love it. They love that book and all that. It's like, I get why you were trying to go that route. Trying to go that route. But I don't know that fans of this property love this movie. yeah yeah i mean that's i that's don't know that they topic. i mean i but personally I just do not the intention i yeah, think is that's to give it, it all i yeah. think zach snyder like really we're just trying yeah. to like leave you know dot every i cross every t yeah well the reason i actually also went through that whole like history of all these releases is to finally end up at this one which is the ultimate cut like this right. is the this will have the theatrical yeah. no the okay. ultimate cut has never contained anything but the ultimate cut. So this is like the Blade Runner of comic book movies. So yeah, sort of. So you had this ultimate cut that came out in 4K, and then Zavi did this special edition packaging with all. It came with the book. It came with all the stuff. It was actually decent. However, these ultimate cut releases that have come out have never contained anything but the ultimate cut. So you don't have choices to go and watch whatever version you want. You've mm-hmm. got to watch this whatever it is, this behemoth. Which, That's interesting. Which, by the way, let's look at the runtimes really quick. So you're talking theatrical cut. Two hours and 42 minutes. Director's cut, three hours and six minutes. And then once you add all that Black Freighter stuff in there for this ultimate cut, this is a three hour and 35 minute experience. And that is, there are no other versions included. That is what you are looking at when you get this release. So pretty wild. Um, Looking at this, it looks pretty much what I would expect for them to do at this point. I mean, it might looks kind of chintzy for what this title is. It looks like X-Men or something. It does. Like, I don't like, I don't, I mean, I think the box, this plastic case looks okay for what they're normally doing, but the steel book itself, I don't like at all. I think that looks, there's so many better images from this story and this comic book that you could just put a big blue dong on there and call it a day. (laughs) Definitely needs dong. (laughs) Definitely needs a little bit more dong. Um, I don't know. It looks like if you close up on this thing, it's got like lines on the pictures. I don't know if that means it's like one of those lenticular jobs. Like when you kind of, you know, move it, it changes. The picture changes because this is the scene where he transforms into Dr. Manhattan. So that could be, I don't know that could be what's going on there. Um, You also get the Dr. Manhattan pin and then you get this, um, these Rorschach cards in a, in an envelope. Like who really, I don't really think that matters too much here. Um, but this is, you know, their typical style release. Okay. The features are the identical thing from the previous ultimate cuts. So there's nothing, uh, really new here. And the only listing that I saw, I, or actually they, they've been completely announced at this point. The first time I looked at this, it was only announced in Germany, but now it's announced everywhere. So I don't know, dude. I mean, 
as a concept and a property, I think it's fantastic. I think Watchmen is, is awesome. And just going back to that motion comic that I was, you know, mentioning about before, I'd never heard of Watchmen before. I didn't even know what it was. And then when this, uh, all this movie was coming out, it was like, oh, I, I hadn't, you know, kind of did a little bit of research just to see what this comic book was or this motion, this not motion comic, but this, um, this graphic novel was. And then I was like, I saw that they were releasing this thing that was just like a cartoon version of it. I was like, all right, well, I'll check out like an episode of it just to see what it's like, just to see what it is. Dude, it gripped me from like that first episode. I crushed all 12 of those episodes across a day and a half. Like I just watched them all. I was so interested and pulled into that world. There's, it's like the the tone, it's, it's violent. It's not what you, and you know, because you've seen the movie, but like on a first time watch, not knowing what to expect from this so-called comic book, there's like real points and real meaning and real messages. And again, there's violence and rape and murder and intrigue and, you know, people that aren't really heroes at all. Like all these people are terrible. And it's like, you're watching this kind of madness unfold and it was just really captivating to me. And I think another thing that was kind of visually, it's stunning too, because the color palette is so interesting in this movie or in this, not in this movie, but in this comic book and then translated to this movie. But, Snyder's a visual guy, man. I mean, and that's probably Love why he was drawn to him, it. He's visual. I mean, I'm just saying from the comic itself, the the graphic novel itself, and watching that motion comic, it is a very awesome thing to behold. Now, translating it into film, I mean, it's basically unfilmable. And like you said, he tried to give everything he could in three and a half hours. Mm-hmm. He should have just made it a series. Could have made it a series, you know? I mean, that in hindsight, you probably that that's more of the thing that people are doing now. Yeah, I was about to say, that really wasn't an option, I feel yeah. like, at that time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the TV was started. I mean, the, the golden age of television, as people call it, was definitely going on at that time, but it really wasn't doing it with comic book properties yet. It was yeah. more still coming out of, like, Breaking Bad type you know, shows. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. And I mean, I honestly, I was really excited to see this movie. Like when it first was announced, because after watching that comic book, that motion thing, I was like, holy shit, this is really cool. And I'm interested to see this movie come to life all of a sudden. And then when I watched it, it was just like, I don't know, it's kind of like a letdown. Like it just, it didn't feel like I should have known better going into watching something like that. Like, oh, this is gonna, you know, nail everything. Cause it's so much, there's so mm. much tone. There's so much, the dialogue, all the, all the, different ins and outs of the story and the characters you just can't nail and you can't encapsulate everything that obviously a book adaptation to movie would give you in the first place. But I don't know. Are you picking this up? I'm not, I'm not picking this up at all, but I cannot highly recommend enough the TV show. Like, and that's not on this edition. If that were on this, would you have picked it up? Yes, because that movie has that, or good? That, t- that TV show hasn't been released in 4K. It's only been released in Blu-ray. And once it's announced and released in 4K, I will pick up that show. It is everything that this movie could have, should have been, honestly, mm-hmm. as far as nailing the tone of what the comic book felt like when I read it and then therefore sort of watched it on this motion version. Like when I watched this show, it's like, this is what that world should feel like. And they also, because Watchmen's very political, there's a lot that's going on, what it's trying to say. The show does the same thing. It takes modern issues like race in America and some other, you know, a lot of the things that have gone on recently from, you know, alt-right rising up and certain political factions rising up. Like it, it tries to put all of that in this new and old Watchmen universe, which really works. I mean, honestly, it really works. And the story's compelling. The acting is great. The production value is phenomenal. It literally is, it feels like a sequel 
to the comic book that most people didn't even realize they needed. It really hit hmm. everything, including giving you the squid. The movie cheaps out on the squid, and I get why the movie cheaps out on the squid. It's like you're already trying to make this bizarre ass comic book a movie, and then you're going to end it I with always a squid. Ju- I always justified that decision. It's like I, I felt like yeah. like because and it, for me, someone who wasn't familiar with the source material, and when I watch this, if a giant squid had come out at the end of this, yeah, as a, as someone again not into it, um, it, it would have felt very odd to me. I agree. And, and, and unfortunately, this is the movie where they're trying to get you into the universe. They're trying to convert the unconverted. It, it, that would have been too... I, I, I see why they didn't do it. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't blame them for that. I agree. It just goes back to why this, this book is unfilmable because that squid, as outlandish as it seems, works. When you're watching, when you're reading this yeah. and understanding where it's coming from, it just like all hits very well. And it's a shame. Let me ask you a question about this film, though. Do you think any other filmmaker around this time would have done a better job than Zack Snyder? Or was Zack Snyder the guy to make the attempt? I I think that that could be fair. I think when you look at back at what he did, it's a situation where he uses identical dialogue. He almost uses the panels of the comic book as a storyboard. Like it's like you're watching what you read. So, I mean, from that standpoint, Sure, he recreated things very well. I mean, I guess that's what you could say. Did he capture the essence of it, what makes the story good? No. From a person that has never read the book and doesn't know anything, I feel like that movie would come across as kind of clunky and sort of strange. You know what? That's interesting because for me, he did the same thing with Dawn of the Dead, Mm -hmm. which is for a horror remake, his Dawn of the Dead is actually pretty good for a horror remake. It's one of the better ones. Okay. Uh, But he totally skipped like the the meta commentary on consumers you know the, the, yeah. the mall aspect all that the original had it was just more of we sped everything up and it's very it's more visual now and more in a hurry yeah. <laughs> type of thing yeah um but yeah it seems it, that's weird he seems like he did the same thing here sort of just missed the mark on what most people consider deep about it i guess i guess my my takeaway here for anybody that has never seen this movie is interested in picking this up because they love Titans of Cold or they're interested in watching this movie at three and a half hours long that you're going to sit down and watch this. Do yourself a favor and watch the first seven episodes of the motion comic instead and really experience this for what it is. And from there decide, do I want to go forward and see how this turns out or, or not? Cause that is, I feel like a better way to spend your time or just pick up the graphic novel itself and read it. But if you need to watch something, I highly recommend that motion comic it's really super well done it's really really well done this not so much i think it looks like russ said cheap and a little tacky kind of over this company to begin with well said coming up next we've got some from arrow is wild things yeah let's see wild things so we've got wild things here coming from arrow let me the story of rick vaughn the story of rick vaughn coming out may 23rd so out may third out may 23rd on 4k ultra hd and on blue from arrow and zavi is wild things so this release kind of is giving me true romance dune vibes in that there are multiple options to pick from and they're all probably sold out as we speak and all the packaging's different 
the content's different. And it's it comes down to probably, I feel like, one of those things where they're trying to get people to buy everything oh, yeah. with all of these different options because they're not exactly all they're close doing. to the same, which I feel like is a little annoying. Um, now, we'll talk about the movie in a second, but I did want to at least go through these and tell me, and you tell me what you think, Ross, because I'm interested to know what your opinion is on the variations here. Are these worthwhile variations? And which one would you consider? Um, so... The, the difference in packaging and materials, like I said, is just enough to like where people might want to buy it all. But as far as like what you're getting on features, obviously those are the same. Um, so we've got option one here, which is the limited 4K Ultra HD edition with a standard case. You got an outer slip box. You have a poster, art cards, booklet, and 4K disc only. $45. And all the special features are on the 4K disc? All, all the special features are on this disc, yes. a lot of times on these releases, they're just relegated to the Blu-ray disc. Yes, you're going to get your features. Um, you're going to get your features here. Now, on this next one, you've got the Wild Things as option two. You've got the Wild Things limited edition Blu-ray, which is the same as the 4K version, the exact same set, all the same stuff, except it's a Blu-ray instead. Well, clearly, I'd pick 4K over this. So this is $35 versus $45 for those that are interested. Okay. Then option three, you have the limited deluxe edition coming in at $50. I like the cover already more. So this is what I would purchase if I were to purchase this film. So you've got... Because that looks more like the original cover. I don't does. like the artwork on the other two you showed me. I agree. I think that wavy, like whatever that artwork is, is a little strange. I think I like this iconic pool artwork. I think Matt it's Dillon diff- and Kevin Bacon look Matt a little... Matt Dillon looks weird. They look a little boyish, a little silly down there. Um, but yeah, so that's... This is the limited deluxe edition. So you have different art, a hard outer slip box, poster, art cards, booklet, 4K, and Blu-ray disc, and it's a steelbook. So steelbook, Blu-ray, and 4K. Well, obviously, this would be the one. And all this stuff. And then lastly... Oh, Jesus. Lastly, is at $45... Come on. The steelbook-only version, which is the same art as option three, it includes a booklet, and you still get the Blu-ray and 4K disc but it's only $5 cheaper than the other one, it which is, has all of this and more. Correct. But will probably be sold out in two seconds. I am I am not sure, but those are the four options. So you've got a $45 option, a $35 option for this limited regular edition, then a $50 option with the deluxe and this art on this steelbook, as well as that different art on the outside box. And then you just have the steelbook only if you don't want all the cards and everything else. Now, like you said, it's $5 less because a lot of people, you know, they complain. They're like, oh, gosh, do I need the cards? Do I need all this stuff? Okay, no, you don't. Here, we'll give it to you without it all. But it's only $5 less yeah. to get. And for $5 more. that's what That was basically what I was saying. Yeah, yeah you're going to get a, a box and all this other yeah, stuff for 5 Why bucks. wouldn't you? If it was 30 maybe you'd consider it. But exactly. they don't want you to consider it. No, they don't. <laughs> they, don't they don't want you to. I mean, you said it in the beginning. Yeah. The, the, the business plan is to make sure the fan of this film wants every edition that comes out. Yep. That they are that OCD about their collecting habits. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But the the film is is in in of it. Uh, excuse me. Let me say that again. The film itself, and I want to talk about that too because I've actually never seen this movie. But oh, it really? looks like the release itself is decent outside of all their gouging. Um, it's new 4K restoration of the theatrical and unrated edition from the original camera negative. So you got your Dolby Vision, all that stuff. So theatrical and unrated. New commentary from John McNaughton and some producer. There's an original commentary from John McNaughton, the cinematographer, producers, editor, and composer. A new interview with John McNaughton, new interview with Denise Richards, a making of documentary, an understanding lawyer outtakes, 
whatever that might mean. And then you've got illustrated collector's booklet, double-sided fold-out poster, six double-sided poster size lobby cards, and a reversible sleeve featuring new and old art. I'm actually surprised they couldn't get Nev Campbell back. She's yeah, at every convention yeah. <laughs> that I see coming around here. Yeah, yeah. Even Denise Richards doesn't even do conventions. How'd they get her and not Nev Campbell? I don't know. I don't know. But, I mean, what do you think? It's a good movie. Do you think that these... Do you, do you That's think, what I think. Do you think that these prices are going to be reduced? Do you think these... This no, is, I think it'll this, sell this, out. This will be it, yeah. And, and like you said, this will be True Romance all over again. And while this film isn't half as strong as True Romance... It's got an iconic, got oh, about yeah. two iconic scenes that anybody growing up in the nineties right. are going to buy this. It, they, gonna it's say. gone down as a classic. Yeah, I've never seen like Skinamax flick, even though it was a theatrical film. Right. And I've, I've never seen this movie, but I'm obviously aware of it for all those reasons. <laughs> like, I'll tell that's you this, exactly what I know it from. It's better than you're expecting. And it's twisty. It's fun. It's fun. Like a lot of towards the end of the movie. And you're a Kevin Bacon guy, too. Dude, you should watch it. I'm going to say I'll, I'll tell you this. Every character in this by the end of the movie, there's something you were not thinking at all. And it's it's pretty smart. It's a fun movie. So I forgot that Kevin Bacon was in this. OK, and then I saw that he was in this and then I happened to read a quote from him. And this is his quote about this movie. OK, he said this. It was the trashiest script I ever read, but there was a new twist on every page yeah. and I couldn't put it down. You know, Bill Murray's in it too. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I get what you said, just like hit it and I can see how if well, it's like think a sleazy, about fun, twisty and, kind and, of movie. But think about that. Bill Murray is a dude who doesn't have an agent and especially by this point in his career, he had already linked up with Wes Anderson and all that. He chose to do it. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, there's got to be something more there than just yeah. two girls making out in a pool. I also you know? didn't put together the John McNaughton connection with Henry, the serial killer, yes. portrait of serial killer, which we talked about, you know, a week or two ago. And it looks like Arrow is picking up this guy's movies. But again, this what's this like this progression in his career? Does this have similar tone? Oh, yeah, this is all about murder. And That's stuff. what I mean. Is yeah. it like, is oh, it just yeah. him with a bigger budget? This now? is film is noir. It yeah. Imagine a film noir, but like sexual, lurid, but also comical because it just it gets to not the, the the twists get more absurd as they go yeah but not in a completely well it is outlandish but within the context of the film it works okay and it's fun and okay. you're along for the ride gotcha it's not like you're, as an audience member you're having fun with each reveal just like the characters kind of are just as kevin bacon kind of said it's one of those movies where you kind of feel like yeah. everyone's we know how lurid we know and we're just running with it. Kind of yeah. like Basic Instinct in a yeah. way. But about, Basic Instinct is way better. Way better. But, but Matt Dillon, what's the Matt Dillon element like? How's he in this? He's does he, does it, does it, but does it work? Does he work? I feel like yes. I don't. You don't like, like Matt Dillon? I do. I, I don't want to say, I, I don't want to say that I, I don't want to say don't right? like. I, I want to say, I guess, I guess maybe I'm not familiar enough to where I would say, can he carry a movie? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's one that he carries? Uh, the Bukowski movie. In the 80s, what the hell was that called? Where he played Charles Bukowski. Uh, Is that when you were telling me about two Drugstore Cowboy or something? No, Drugstore Cowboy. Jesus Christ, Gus yeah. Van Zandt. Great movie. He's the lead in that. Um, okay. Shit. All right. What else? Maybe, maybe. He is, he's one of those dudes when you yeah, pull up his it. filmography, you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's always been doing interesting things. But he always had a kind of... 
Well, he was always like an off kilter pretty boy or something. You yeah. Know? Uh, okay. He gets in where he fits in for me. If he's cast right, and he's cast right in this. I can his, see him cast. And you know right why? Because of all that twist stuff. He had, he always has kind of an aloof look to him. Yeah. So you never quite know where he kind of stands in certain instances. He's the victim in the beginning. Yeah. And then maybe he's not. He's not at the end. Yeah. And then, you know, but that happens with damn near everybody in it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so what, is this a fun. blind buy? I'll tell you this. I like it a lot. I would want to own that edition. Okay. I don't know if I can justify that price. Like, like, well, it's a good, it's a really good movie. It's not like true romance where it's like, I need that on my shelf. Yeah. This is, I'd like to own this. I don't know. And, about, and I know it's going to be sold out. So but what I, about I, I kind of like true romance. I don't even want to get my hopes up. What about, about the steel book for 45? <laughs> No, I'm an arrow salesman that I feel like, yeah, you're a bad one, just Um, like they are, because you don't think I feel like a dickhead spending five dollars less for a steelbook. Do you think this will sell out? You really think it'll sell out? I think those scenes are notorious enough. There is so much nostalgia just for that alone. Okay. Yes, I think it will. We'll we'll find out. Maybe not as quick as true romance, but it'll go quick. I, I, yeah. Okay. We'll find out May 23rd from Zavi and Arrow coming out also from arrow uh candy man was from arrow from scream from kino from fucking disney what else do we got going on (laughs) yeah i was just about to say so (laughs) candy man right so but also arrow but tying back in with what you just said so it's coming out may 23rd you've got plenty of options from scream factory in the u.s (laughs) arrow in the uk and turbine in germany so all across the globe on may 23rd you're going to be able to get you some Candyman. That's just officially Candyman Day from now on. Well, I guess it's its 30th anniversary, and I guess that's why. Uh, yeah, I guess that's why years. it's all the stuff's coming out. So, um, only Arrow and uh, Turbine have shared their details. Scream Factory hasn't shared what's going to be on it, but it is well, a collector's Scream edition. He's released it before, and that's so what I was going to say. Just yeah, be the same features. Yep, carried I was, over. I was about to say, actually, all of these companies have released this before. And nearly yeah. all of the features. Yeah, are Arrow had the, the special edition with the same artwork, same artwork as well. Yeah, it's all about it's all the same. Um, so the other thing about these three, though, is they're all kind of different to the point where you could own them all or own just the one that you like because they Dude. don't all encompass everything that the other one has. And you know, it's you know? really funny about that when the same thing happened on Blu-ray. Arrow put out a special edition and Scream Factory. At that time, I was beefing up my Scream Factory collection. Yeah, and I didn't get the Arrow one, and I kind of regretted it yeah because i like the arrow packaging better gotcha but uh, so right now even for this one i'm man i'm tempted Tempted. to pick up the 4k arrow one well let's see let me tell you what the differences are and then you can decide maybe which one you're going to go with so arrow is this limited edition and it is the new 4k restoration from the original camera negative supervised by the director bernard rose dolby vision hdr and it's going to have two cuts of the film the U.S. R-rated and the original U.K. theatrical version presented via seamless branching, which I never really considered or heard of until I was looking at this release, which I find to be interesting, where it's one disc. You're not getting two cuts of the movie to decide which one to put in. I think does it at a certain point when the movie can like branch off into this uncut footage, you get the option to do that. Mm-hmm. Or you you decide ahead of time which version you're going to watch. Something to that effect. Does that sound correct? Am I? Yeah. I mean, so it's some like seamless thing. So it's not like disc one, director's cut, disc two, theatrical. It's one disc, 
and it goes from there. Um, it does have Atmos sound, which again, this is a, this is a difference that the other ones do not have. Um, it does have the same art as the era one from before. And I do like that art. I think it's cool. Um, it's got three rarely seen Bernard Rose short films that have been restored to HD. It's got a 40 page booklet. Um, it's got the postcard sized original lobby cards and the reversible sleeve and all that kind of stuff. So this is like unique to what arrows got going on. Mm-hmm. The Scream Collector's Edition, nothing's been announced or revealed for it, but it looks like it's going to have the same packaging as from what it was before. Mm-hmm. Um, m- maybe new art slip over the regular art case. It's what I think it was before. Um, but no hard box from before. Maybe it will now, though. Hard box from like, before. Like the original time or the first time this came out from Scream Factory, they weren't doing those hard cases. Now, no. I mean, will this one maybe have a hard case? I don't know. No, it just came um, with the... Actually, when they debuted, they had an exclusive limited slip. Okay. Well, like there was the slip that came on it, but then there was a bonus slip they sent out. Gotcha. Now this one has two discs. So it's got an uncut and a theatrical disc. So you decide there's no branching. It's like two discs and you put it in and do whatever, you know, that you want to see, whatever version you want to see. It also has three different interviews than the Arrow one has. It also has two commentaries and one more featurette than them as well. So a little bit of a difference there. Um, and then if you come over here to the turbine release, so turbine is doing their kind of turbine thing where they're putting out a limited version. There's a limited to 2000 copies and you have three digi books to pick from. There's 1000 of version one, 666 of version two <laughs> and 333 of version three and version three is the ugliest. So version three, I think I actually saw people were most excited about Is that the original art of the film? I'm not sure it is. I'm not sure, but I saw people in being the most excited about that one. Um, I've never seen that imagery before in my life. Okay. Well, that the Europe, that must've been a European poster. Maybe, maybe these other ones look a little bit more. Well, the first one had like a scene in the movie, basically that the one in the middle is the one I'm most familiar with as far as poster art goes. Yeah. Yeah. Now these are unrated cuts only. So that's the only one you're getting here. Unrated cut only Dolby vision, HDR. It doesn't list these all, but it says there's nine interviews. So it looks, and it looks like they might have some from Scream and from Arrow. So a bit of both three audio commentaries, which seem to be from the other releases. They also, this one comes with a soundtrack CD with sound effects and music from Philip Glass. Mm-hmm. Philip Glass did That's, the soundtrack to yes. this? I did and you not know, know what's know funny? That. I, man, that might be a selling point for me. Years Crazy. ago, I downloaded the score to this off YouTube. <laughs> and uh, the, the only way I could get... They have this... I've seen the soundtrack available, you know, on torrent sites and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But it's always just one big, like, you know, 45 minutes of all that. So when you download it, you're downloading just one file of the entire album. Right. And all I had was that, and and literally I think what I downloaded it from was the intro of the movie where they're playing it with the credits where it's like looking down on new Orleans and all that. But yeah, dude, it's Philip Glass. It's badass. That's so, awesome, dude. I had no idea he theme? came out. That's no, cool. I had no idea. Do, 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 do. No, wow, don't know. Man. It's cool. Don't know, but that's coming with these releases. So um, pretty cool. And like I said, they're digi books. They always look really nice. Sometimes they do nice steel books with sleeves that go over top. These are actual digi books. And again, there's three different ones to, to pick from. So three different companies. Own them all, own one, own none. I'm not Dude, sure. I might go with one of these. Um, there, I thought I was going to go with Arrow over my uh, yeah <laughs> past blunder. That soundtrack CD. I is like a that good... soundtrack selling point, and I like that if the third option is the one everyone's excited about, I'm not excited about that one. Yep. So if that goes first, I still have the other two. 
And like you said, the arrow one you already have is the same exact I art. Scream factory. Oh, okay. Well, if you have the arrow one already, it's the same exact probably packaging and art and everything. I don't know. Same as Scream factory. Yeah. And it's probably all going to be the same. So maybe go out for something that's different with yeah. the soundtrack CD and everything else. I think it's, it looks pretty great. I mean, I don't know much about these movies. Uh, I know we've covered like two so, or three. They, they, you don't need to refer to these movies as a franchise. So it's just one and that's it. Just, just worry about Now, is one is this movie good or is it just Tony Todd that makes it good? No, like, it's a good movie. It's just good, period. I'll tell you this. You know what's funny about this movie? For the longest time, I used to say, uh, that's my favorite Clyde Barker movie. And then like, it was Bernard Rose who directed it. Clyde yeah. Barker didn't even direct it. And what I'm is, like, well, yeah. maybe that's why I like it better than Nightbreed and Hellraiser because what's Clyde it's Barker's a, involvement? It's his story. Yeah. Okay. Wrote, like the book. Or okay. He, I forget. Yeah. But I'm a huge Hellraiser fan. It's better than Hellraiser in my opinion. Really? Easily. Is this a now, blind buy? I don't see so you're you're spotty with horror. Well, you're recommending it to me, sort of. You're you are kind of, but the buying part, I guess, it's see, like that, too permanent. Because I know how you are, and, and what I think I'd recommend you to watch it. I think you would enjoy it. You wouldn't watch it and get angry, but I don't okay. know if you would love it enough to own it to be happy about. Yeah, a blind buy. I don't know. Uh, you know okay, maybe. Can we get a Candyman bust, Germany? I'll ask him next time I hang out with him. <laughs> yeah, next time you hang out with Tony Todd. Um, I mean Germany, come on. I mean, another, this looks like a really great release too. It's a good movie, dude. Like I, I'll probably catch shit for that, but yeah, I think it's better than Hellraiser. Hmm. And you're saying none of the other ones ever came close to no. not, not even uh, two. to be fair. I've only seen two. Okay. But Farewell to the Flesh. But you might as well forget. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure if it doesn't get much better from there, I'm sure. No, that, that okay. Farewell to the Flesh feels like a direct to video nineties bullshit horror movie where Candyman, the original, it's a good movie. It's a yeah. good horror movie. Gotcha. You know what's funny though? You know who directed Farewell to the Flesh? No. Uh, it's the guy. What's his name? He ended up directing Chicago, one of the Pirates movies after Gore Verbinski left. Like he's an accomplished director who did Farewell to the Flesh. I can't remember his Rob something. I don't know. Well, let me look. I just always thought that was funny that this dude went on to have a much bigger career than uh, Mr. Rose here. Um, Bill Condon. Yo, yeah, yeah, gods and monsters. Like this dude's a known. What was that? Um, what was that one? Wasn't Dream Girls? Was yeah, yeah, yeah I think thing? he did. Maybe it's Dream Girls he did, and not Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess Chicago was the Rob guy or whoever. Yeah, Rob. yeah. Who cares? All right, well, Candyman fans, May twenty third. Lots of Candyman for the thirtieth anniversary. Russ, do you have anything planned for thirtieth anniversary of Candyman? You got? Is it like a Candyman day or anything? Does anything go on on the thirtieth anniversary? Do you say his name and hope he comes? I'm going to hang out with him again, man. Yeah, give him a call. So Arrow, Scream, Turbine, they've all got it. They've all got it May 23rd. Um, coming from Shout Factory. Now, here comes the, you know, they, they just released like a huge dump. Yeah, they released a huge dump of stuff the other day. And one of the bigger titles that they announced Don't was... Don't you dare say huge dump and then go into <laughs> Escape from New York. You Sorry asshole. about that. One of your favorite films of all time, Russ. Escape from New York is being it's released. My favorite John Carpenter film. There you go. May seventeenth, four K Ultra HD from Shout. And this is um, another Scream Factory re-release. I feel like we've covered a lot of these recently, including Candyman. They, and including a lot of studios, are doing this. They're just kind of putting their back catalog back out again in four K. A lot of times with nothing different other than the transfer. Sometimes some new materials like you'll see here, but in most cases like Arrow, like we've seen at least, it's just the same box, the same everything. Just mm -hmm. here it is again. Um, so that's what's going on here. Now, what they what they mentioned for this one is that this is a 4K restoration completed 
on behalf of Studio Canal. So for those that were not aware, uh, Studio Canal already put this out in 4K back in 2018, along with The Fog, Prince of Darkness, um, as well as They Live. Yeah, there's white cases. Yep, they did a, a whole set of these. And so this has already been out. So if you're someone that purchased this, this is essentially going to be the same transfer again. Uh, so it's kind of up to you to decide, do I need another version of this movie? Do I just want to get the US one? Do I just love Escape from New York that much? Maybe people do that they need to have it all. Oh, they do. But in this sense, you know right off the bat that this isn't anything new. This isn't some new restoration. This is something that's already been out there and available for us to, to get. Um, so there's that. Now, you are going to get more of the original look here. That Studio Canal one's got its own vibe, its own look, these own, these illustrations, which frankly I don't think work, especially when all the inside materials like posters and art cards and stuff all bear that same resemblance. Like nothing is from the original style. Like I, I like this. Like I want a poster of that. Like I don't want a poster of some new illustration, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, they are calling this a collector's edition. So again, maybe there's going to be, and you can see it in the picture, you can see it in the picture here that there is a slipcase like presented here for it. So whether that's going to be a hard box or not, I'm not sure, but that does look kind of nice and promising. Mm-hmm. And this is the one that comes with the vinyl soundtrack. Yeah. So you're looking at three different uh, options here for this. You're going to get the, um, and again, it's just a standard re-release features wise. So what you're paying for here is either a three disc standard collection, which is a 4k and blue feature, and then a Blu-ray bonus disc. Then you have that same release with just the vinyl, and then you have that same release with vinyl and with pins. Um, and it looks like <laughs> there's... I'm going to get the one without the pins. It looks like there's nice boxes and you know things that all come with this. It's very st- typical that you've seen like Halloween and a couple other, you know, mm-hmm. these re- recent releases that they've done. They all look kind of like this, but they're doing this. I think they just did this for They Live. We did the same thing. We covered They Live. It came with a vinyl. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. So this, yeah. this is like right up their alley. And I think when I said that, I wouldn't upgrade for they live not that they lives bad yeah but i'll upgrade escape from new york yeah and the only other thing that i will mention about the features here is that the studio canal one has one featurette and one full-length documentary that this release does not have so this release this collector's edition from previous it has a good amount of things on here but the studio canal does have some additional things that this one doesn't have so deciding which 4k release to have there's two out there it's up to you again this looks more up the original feature length documentaries that's always a selling point that just sounds like wow feature length feature length because you know a lot of times you'll see like a bonus features documentary and it's five minutes of the guy the composer saying nothing and don't forget there's also a soundtrack cd that comes with the studio canal so there's that too. There is that too. That soundtrack's easier to come by though. I like the idea of having that on vinyl. Yeah, no, it's good. It looks really nice. I mean, I think if you want to just take a look for a second, we can see if it will be worth it at all. I got it right here. If you want to take a look, I mean, we already know what the transfer will be. So oh, you can, are we combining segments here? Matt? So you We're can cross the streams. <laughs> so you can decide right Did away. Did you answer the call? Let's take a look. Let's just see. Since we already know what it'll be, it's right here. This is what it'll look like. So There's let's look. Brain. All right. So let's look. Take a look at this. What's this picture right here? We've right. got Mr. Uh, President. Mr. President his... Donald Pleasance. He's coming out of the egg. <laughs> All right. So this is. Oh, I didn't. Oh, let me see. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. So this is the original Blu-ray. Or I'm sorry. This is the original. Um, the Screen Factory yeah, the, the, Special Edition. The U.S. Collector's Edition from Screen Factory. And here comes the Studio Canal 4K. 
Screen Factory. Hmm. What do you think? Uh, Escape from New York is a very dark film. So you think that's more in line with that? I think it looks. Yes. It got a little darker. Yeah, dude, it's very dark. <laughs> it's a, yeah, here's a little Snake Pliskin close up. Let's see. Everything's what he's looking at like. night in this movie. All right, so here's the Shot Factory Blu-ray, and then here comes 4K. Yeah, it's like there you can definitely see. Yeah, difference. his skin tone and his like hair is coming to play a little. Some of these scenes, because like, it's so dark, it's going to be hard to see. Like the intention definitely yeah. would have been dark, whereas the the Scream Factory one looked like it was brightening up, yeah. making it, bringing more clarity as opposed to what I mean, the film was. Yeah, I mean, I trust, I feel like Studio Canal comes across and does some good transfers. So maybe, I mean, this could be, Here's again the Blu-ray, and then here's the Studio Canal. I don't know that kind of that one looks brighter. It like blows it out a little bit more. Yeah, I don't know, but and, and that's the thing too. We look at these, and it's always I'm always wondering who was that. You know, who whose hand is this? Is this the director's hand? Because when it doesn't say it, they would have. How bragged. do we know if Carpenter was involved? That that would have been on that statement, or yeah. you know, on that yeah. press release. Yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, I know this is a, a favorite of yours, Russ. So you know better than me if this is a better looking film than it was before. But um, I didn't really grow up on this movie. I'm more of a big Trouble in Little China guy. Yeah. I mean, you, I've seen I mean, this I movie since you both. showed this to me. And yeah. I mean, it's got the same fun energy, you know? It's, like, not, I get, I mean, it's not as goofy as Big no, Trouble No, no, but, <laughs> but I get it. You know, I get yeah, where, yeah. where it's coming from. It's a badass movie. Like, he's a badass, but not over-the-top, unlikable. You know, it's 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 good for kids, honestly. Yeah, I know it's rated R. I know it has yeah. some questionable things. But it's just a fun movie i mean that's what carpenter excels at you know even comparing big trouble and escape from new york it's kind of like man i enjoy both yeah there, there's no there's nothing to pick apart the only thing you could really say difference or it would be kurt russell's performance yeah. in escape from new york he's mimicking clint eastwood in big trouble in Little china he's mimicking john wayne and in big trouble in little china like this is a household favorite of my son's as well and he puts this on often and what i always find still hilarious to this day but again some of these things aren't as relevant when you don't see this as often but now that it's on all the time i you know you see and you watch him in this movie and there's so many times where he's just like not a part of the fight like he gets that like was he, the joke I, and that's what's great and i was trying to remember no if one understood movie, it at the time i'm trying to think and in this movie is that like when you were saying like he's a action well he's the he's the hero he's not over the top he's all this stuff but what i love about his character in that movie is same thing like he's trying to be braggadocious and boastful but ultimately he's kind of like not bumbling but no, he no. you know he that was like the, well that was what was so funny and that's why critics didn't understand it when it came out they were basically making fun of the genre where in any other movie the white guy would have been the lead the winner, yeah. but in this one wang's taking care of everything <laughs> even, and jack burton's like the idiot even know? in the showdown he's got lipstick on his face exactly it's yes yes dude it's even great just this, but even the john it's it's hilarious kurt russell's hilarious in it because like dude even the john wayne impression though it like yeah I'm not back. Yeah. Call the president. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. what? It's like, who cares if you're back? Wang's <laughs> going to save everybody anyway. <laughs> Keep the home fires burning. Classic. But yeah, that's what's awesome about it. Yeah. So, what do you think, dude? You upgrading? Yeah. Which one are you is... going for? You going to go uh, Shop Factory? Uh, I don't know. Let's keep looking here. Let's... All right. We'll look at one more. Let's see. I do like that vinyl soundtrack. And, and it's probably my favorite score of Carpenter's as well. So I might, um, I'm leaning towards that one. Gotcha. All right. Well, here's Brain in the Collector's Edition Blu-ray. And there's 4K. And you can tell. Yeah. I mean, the details there. 
It's it subtle, is. And it's like subtle enough. right here, there's more clarity without the brightness. Yes. You know All what I mean? All these new colors. And yeah, everything. yeah. I can see more, but it still looks like a dark, grainy movie from yeah. 1981. Yep. Yeah. No, it looks, it looks, that's I mean, good. it looks good. It looks good. So, so yeah, so that's coming out May 17th for anyone that's interested. Russ, on the fence still? You think that's going to be, I mean, I know it's one of your favorites. Nah, gonna, this is going to be one of those ones I pre-order on my credit card and it won't get charged till it comes out. With and I'll look, at, and I'll and look at my statement. I'm like, hey, what the fuck did I buy this month? It's like, oh yeah, you pre-ordered Escape from New York for $400. <laughs> vinyls too <laughs> for the vinyl you'll never put on <laughs> if i want to hear the escape from new york theme i'm going to the mp3 but that shit looks nice on my shelf yes exactly <laughs> all right may 17th escape from your credit card company because they're coming after you um all right so another turbine release we talked about Candyman just quickly coming out in like 15 different versions but there's another release coming out from turbine which i wanted to mention as well because they're another really awesome again they're an awesome company and they are continuing to kind of put some stuff out we covered them a long time ago and i remember them announcing this at the same time they said one day we're going to put out the frighteners and we're putting out you know american world in london so this one is finally coming out texas chainsaw massacre out march 25th on 4k ultra hd from turbine in nearly its 50th anniversary Mm-hmm. We're like two years away or something from his 50th anniversary. Um, so this is arriving in a three disc set offered in four different covers. Each is a limited steel book with a different slip case that goes over the top. So you're going to have this steel book here that gets this different slip that goes over top. Uh, that's cool. Now it says 550 total on this advertisement. And I can't see if that means 550 per slip or total 550, which would be insane. That's such a small run for such a big title, but it would make more sense to me because usually they're like a 2000, 3000 run. Hmm. So, I mean, you've got, I think the original, one of these is like the original art ones, maybe more of like a newer illustration. So you get to decide, you know, which one you want. Um, also previously released by Turbine in a very similar way, and Second Sight's also releasing this later in the year. But this one it's here has Dolby Vision, HDR, and Atmos. It's got four audio commentaries by cast, director, cameraman, editor, and sound engineer. Two documentaries, a tour of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre house with Gunnar Hansen, removed scenes and outtakes, a 60-page booklet, a 40th anniversary trailer as well. I forgot he died. Yeah. Um, and that's a two-Blu-ray set with a 4K disc and this release does have a lot but i will say just looking back there's some 40th anniversary release that came yes. out that has a I ton more now it's I not 4k it. but it's got a ton and more. this transfer is not good oh compared right? to other release i bought this yeah and yeah the transfer compared to other because this is a title that gets so many goddamn releases i like the packaging as you said the features were bomb but when i I, so I picked it up and then when I did a little bit of research, I was like, yeah, that was probably the worst one to pick up as far as the actual movie goes. Yeah. So I'm eyeing this one. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it looks, yeah, it looks really, really cool. I mean, just this release in general, like this booklet looks really nice. All yeah. the, I love, I love this Germany, Dude. like slipcase option. I mean, stuff. how many features you could put together for this film? I, there are more than one feature length documentaries that were made on this movie. Yes. I, I see them every day when I'm looking for something to watch, like when I'm streaming, uh, geez, you could make, <laughs> you need more capacity to the, what a 4k Blu-ray could hold yeah. to include why, everything associated with this. Why do you think landmark this? Film. Yeah. Why do you think this movie hasn't been released by arrow or somebody yet? Is it too big? 
That's a good question. Uh, no, I mean, this is a, they've done Halloween. Scream Factory's on yeah. Halloween. I mean, this Texas Chainsaw Massacre 40th anniversary collector's edition, you know, by MPI Media Group. It looks like they might have did something nice for it here, but I mean, I don't know. I haven't. I guess I haven't seen anything that was like, like you said, worthy of a landmark film. That's yeah, an interesting. I, I mean, Scream or Arrow, yeah, it would fit in there. Why do you the sequels they've done? And why well, do you, uh, um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, there's a Scream Factory Collector's edition of that. Is um, there room for a bundle here? How many are there? There's a lot. Is there a lot? Uh, dude, they just put out one. Yeah. Oh, they, they one just came out. out. Yeah. <laughs> and is this another situation? Because I'm not, again. It's not like Candyman. No, you can watch for this one. You can go to four if you want to. Four is the Matthew McConaughey, Renee Zellweger one. That's four. Terrible. Even as a bad movie to watch for laughs, it's terrible. Okay. The first three are solid. 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 The second one is great. It's nothing like the original. That's what. That's why it's great. Which one is it the... It plays like a... Dude, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is like Evil Dead 2, Gremlins 2. It's one of those movies where they just went in a complete different direction. It's more colorful and yeah. comedic. and. It's, What's, but it's good. Dennis Hopper is the yeah. fucking guy in that's 2 sick. going up I'm against... Sure. Yes. <laughs> What's the one he where, saves the, the day. where the cover art is like, it's like a the weird Breakfast family. Club. It's like a weird, yeah, family photo. Is that two? That's is that two. One? Okay. Yeah, I, that it's one, literally, I remember did you know that? that? It's a parody of The Breakfast Club. Now that you said cover. that, I mean, the I only one remember laying down like that. Yeah. It's the, yeah, that's part two. I only remember seeing that as a kid and being and weirded out awesome. by it. I know. And did you ever connect it to Breakfast Club? No, because I don't think I even knew Breakfast Club was and uh, forgot yeah, about that until yeah, you just yeah. mentioned it. But but um, that but that right there, you see what I mean with like yeah, the comedy, the how different it is from because I don't think Hooper wanted to do it. And it's a canon. It came out on canon films. What um what makes this one such a like classic in terms it's, of what gets gritty, just gritty, especially due to this day. But you got to think in 1974, this felt and it still does feel this way. It feels like you're watching found footage. Yeah. It's just grimy, yeah. dirty. You know, there was nothing like there was nothing that real before it. It's yeah. landmark. Everything else is supernatural, like Freddy or Jason, were the, or not before it, but around much after. But, but it's, those like, it's just of like the style. It feels of it. like it's the sunny, the Texas, the sweat, the like the grittiness of it. The dude, it's like oh, you've seen these like when he slams the door, all that. It's like bad. Like it's got a menace to it, and it just feels you feel like you're there. It yeah. just and you don't recognize anybody. It doesn't feel like a movie. It doesn't feel like a movie. No, <laughs> it it's like it's a- in the same category as like a Last House on the Left or something, which would yeah. have been around the same time. Yeah, uh, it's just incredibly effective. The difference between this and Last House on the Left, though, and I love Wes Craven more than Toby Hooper. But Texas Chainsaw is a great film. Like it, even for the low budget, for how real I'm saying, you know, it, it's still a great film. Whereas Last House on the Left, I view as a great film, but it's got these weird kind of comic asides with the yeah. cops and all that. Or Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's just from beginning to end, it's firing on all cylinders. And mm. for a film from 1974, where nothing like it before had ever existed. Yeah. I mean, this was, it's landmark. It's a landmark horror film. Blind Buy for the third time? Again, I don't know how to ah. recommend horror to you because this would be more in the like, well, what are your thoughts on, let's say, a Hills Have Eyes? This is more in the like hick horror. I know. I was about to say, you this, know what I mean? This, this, obviously, this, is the, this is the touchstone of like all of those movies pretty much yeah, going forward after that. Like the this, backwoods like, like fell off oh, the wrong side of the tracks. And part two, especially part two. Those are Rob's. That's Rob Zombie's film career. Yeah, yeah. House of a Thousand Corpses and and Devil's Rejects borrow 
Hillbilly. But House of a Thousand Corpses borrows heavily from the first two Texas Chainsaw Massacre films, right down to casting Bill Mosley, who was mm-hmm. in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, too. Yeah. And the style, even, yeah, dude, even part two is influential. <laughs> I mean, so, man, picking it up. I'm picking it up. You're going to pick it up? I'm picking it up because, like I said, the previous edition I had, I kind of dropped the ball on. What slipcase so. do you like? I've always liked that or that white cover. Like, I don't even know what would have been considered the original theatrical art. This one freaks so me out much. with uh, him on the front. That one freaks me uh, out. Just like his look. To me. Just his look. Like, the way yeah. the mask is on his face. You can see his lips and stuff. I really don't like Well, you know one. what's brilliant about this movie, and uh, they lean into it heavier on the sequels, is that Leatherface is sympathetic. Mm-hmm. He's basically... He's like Sloth from Goonies, right? Yeah. He's like a captive, but, but he he's like... Kill. Yeah, 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 but he's messed up. And his family fucks with him. Yeah. He's the outcast even of his own family. You know yeah. what I mean? Where they're all psychos. But uh, I thought that's a nice touch to it all. But it also brings more of a menace because you're like, he's crazy. I don't know what, what he's running, chasing after at the end yeah. of the movie, you know, before, spoiler alert, the main girl escapes. Uh, yeah, Thanks. it's just like, you don't know. Like, this, he could be helping her, he could be killing her. Like, right. I, oh, man, classic. Wow. Okay. Well, this, FYI, has been announced by Second Sight for release this year also, 4K. And second sight's the guest. The guest, oh. yep, and the witch, and they're UK company. Now this looks incredible. I'm not gonna lie, out. but the I want sec- that. I want that sight. rigid slip for my TCM. Yeah, no. So we'll see what that looks like when that finally gets you know announced and details are shown. But this is a nice looking release, especially if you're a Steelbook fan, because this is a Steelbook release, which theirs probably will not be. I love this trend um, of Steelbooks with slipcases. It's nice. I love it. It's also nice for protection. Yeah. I mean, keep me protected, baby. But yeah, I like it. So. Coming out again, March 25th, limited to 550 per slip, it looks like. Yeah. Will I end up getting this? We don't know. Well, no, I'm going to hold out for second sight. You're going to hold out for second sight, even though you're going to get a nice juicy steel book here, but looks good for anyone else that's coming out. Juicy steel book. Yep. It's coming out at the end of the month. Um, And then just to close out, a couple of other things from Shout and a few other just miscellaneous that kind of got announced just um, within the last like day or two. But Shout, like I said before, when we talked about um, Escape from New York, just like dumped a ton of stuff out there over the past like week. Mm-hmm. One being that Escape from New York, but they also announced Life Force mm-hmm. in 4K, which people I think kind of lost their mind over a little bit. And I know there's some history here with this release and slipcases and, you know, I, yes. collector's editions versus non-collector's I editions. I personally made $100. Wow. Selling the slipcase to Life Force. Wow. Not even the movie. The slipcase. Wow. I came across it at a mom and pop shop, a yeah. used, you know, a video game store, a used movie store. Apparently, some dude <laughs> went in there and his wife, like the guy behind the counter was telling me, this guy comes in periodically and his wife basically makes him get rid of all of his Blu-ray collection. <laughs> like, you spent too much money on this bullshit. The guy has taste, though. It's all special editions. Dude, I walked in this <laughs> store. I spent $85. I walked out with, like, Life Force with the slip. A handful of other arrow. I went immediately to eBay. I ended up making <laughs> what was it like three hundred dollars wow. off that one stop, and I kept eating. And that was even keeping the ones that I didn't own already that I wanted. Yeah, but I I'm not a big fan of Life Force, so I I'm not keeping that. For, if I can make a hundred dollars off a piece of cardboard, you're gonna do it every time. Sorry, Toby. Yeah, screw this uh, collector's game. I need the money. Oh, look, it says um, from the director of Porter Guys. I, I thought Toby Hooper made it, but Spielberg did it. From the director of uh, Spiel, by from Steven Spielberg comes 
Life Force in 4K, March 24th. Now, what's interesting about this, and I don't, maybe I'm wrong because I never noticed this before, but they're showing the box eight collector's edition, but the slip does not say it. Hmm. So I'm not sure what is going on with this release because this what what they're touting here is a 4K restoration from the original camera negative on the 4K disc, and then on the Blu-ray they've got some uh, um, like director's cut from the or, or a new restoration of the director's cut from the inner positive. So a theatrical cut, 4K restoration from the original negative, and a director's cut restoration from the inner positive the director's cut just features an additional 30 minutes of the woman walking around naked which is like the first hour of the movie for those that didn't know that or are interested for those wild things fans out there here it comes um now again i don't know what if it says collector's edition but honestly there's like three four interviews on here i bet if you looked up the original like blu-ray screen factory release didn't have much it was a collector's edition but it didn't. It wasn't packed to the gill with features. Well, I will say that it does not seem to have the exact same features as the Blu-ray did. Really? It just has this. This one right here has three interviews. You've got interview with Matilda May, Toby Hooper, Steve Railsback. That's it. Those are the and some audio commentaries. Those are the only features on this supposed collector's edition. Now, when I looked at the Life Force listing from the collector's edition. <laughs> There was some documentary on there, and it was saying that as soon as this document, as soon as this collector's edition sells out, we're going to reissue it. But that documentary will not be on it. So oh, now I wow. wonder if this is a reissue of the reissue and not the original collector's edition. Correct me if I'm wrong out there. Let me know for all you Life Force fans. But that's what I'm gathering I when I look at this that. info. I wonder which on one here. I had if that had the documentary on it. I don't know. Take a look and see. I sold it, dude. Sold it. Let me know. Um, also. So this isn't a blind buy. Um, also coming out in 4K, a uh, collector's edition again from uh, from Shout Factory. I love how you're laughing because I'm a fan. Or a Scream Factory is no, I was talking laughing about Life Force, but yeah, uh, the Craft. So okay. the Craft is coming out again. Is this one of these hard box collector's edition cases? We'll see. That'd be a nice touch if it was. This sucks because like I bought all these special editions know, from dude. Scream Factory. I know. Listen, this is lousy. The I think. Craft wasn't that long ago. I'm starting. To it wasn't that long ago. And when you Life look, Force was a long time ago, the Craft Special Edition. I want to say it was maybe two years ago. I'm upset that we can't even get any new anything, like new featurettes, new nothing. It's like you're just buying the upgraded disc only. Give me a disc replacement program, then that that um, Escape from New York is thirty five dollars. Literally, literally, none of these actresses are doing right. No. They can come back for it. It's thirty five. The hardest person you have to come back is Christine Taylor. Maybe twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> maybe she'll come back. Um, I don't know, but again, it's the same exact features. It's the same exact thing. It is the original camera negative, and that's great. But are at this point, is it worth the upgrade? I guess we've said that a hundred times. It's like just these reissues. Are they worth the upgrade? Yeah. And again, know. even the packaging isn't as like. Sometimes the packaging can be a selling point. Can even be. with Escape from New York, I remembered when you pulled up. Though previously this was released in 4K, mm-hmm. I'm like, yep, I remember that white case. <laughs> like, yep, yep. if you give me interesting packaging, I can even justify it sometimes through that. Yes, because I want to support the films I love and I have them looking the best they can on my shelf. True that. This it just it, it it's damn near identical to what I already have, except it says 4K Ultra HD on the top. And you'll probably man, just keep your old one with the craft. Yes, you just keep your old one with the craft. Yeah. I will. Good movie though. I, I've seen this a few times. It's good. I've seen it's it a good. few times. I don't know if I'm gonna buy this movie, and I don't know. I mean, no, I bought Campbell. it. I picked it up. Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, it was back on my whatever it was, HBO, Cinemax, whatever whatever channel this was on back in cable yeah, days. Yeah, we like, would have been in like ninth grade when this came yeah, out. Yeah. yeah, this was kind of my my deal for and that. You know, it was funny when it came out. I didn't want to see it. I think I had a girlfriend or something at the time. And I remember like, hey, that's better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> I remember thinking that. Yeah, no, I mean, and it's I've not it's it. not bad for sure. I enjoyed it as a... It works, fun, honestly. Like, for me, it works more as a teen movie than yeah. as a horror movie. For sure. Yeah, definitely more as a teen movie. I will say for anybody watching, though, if you are a fan of the craft, the director, Andrew Fleming, made a film called Bad Dreams, which actually Scream Factory put out on a double feature disc once. That movie is awesome as well. If you're a fan of the craft, check out Bad Dreams, made by the same filmmaker. Bad Dreams. But also check out The Craft. May 17th. Who hasn't seen The Craft? What about this triple feature? Femme Fatale, Brian De Palma, mm-hmm. Two for the Money, and Ghost in the Darkness. What do you think about that triple I feature? I know they won't be getting their own segments. No, they won't. We're not going to talk about them for more than <laughs> this just this. for the pod. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Shout Factory, again, they just, uh, they sometimes they just drop a swath of things out there. And some I'll, of them yeah, I like scratch yeah. my head on, but would Shout you buy Select it? line, it's it, to, to say hit or miss. I don't know if these are Shout Select, but you're a Brian DePaula fan. Tell oh, me about Femme, Femme Fatale. I've never seen it. Okay. I told you, dude, Brian De Palma, for me, it's kind of the same thing with John Carpenter. You you got to a point. Yeah. Once Mission Impossible hit, it's spotty after that. Yeah. I'm not catching up anymore. All right. Well, once well, In the Mouth of Madness hit, you can pretty much skip anything after. Okay. Well, and that's not an indictment on either one of those filmmakers. It's just facts. That's what happened. Joe right, Dante, well, same thing happened to him. Same thing. And it all happened around the mid, late 90s when digital was creeping in right mm-hmm. before it took over and that's where john carpenter and these people they didn't work well in they didn't world. work they got they got 86 they did well forget femme fatale then don't pick that up forget two i've for seen money. parts of it and no ghost in the sh- in the darkness ghost in the shell i almost said um because here's ghost the real the news here's the real news <laughs> what i got a new bruce willis movie the real news is that shout factory has confirmed that they have acquired distribution rights to the complete alf series and they are going to be putting that out in physical media for everyone to enjoy. It does not say DVD. You're a dick. It does not we say We have never Blu-ray. once covered a TV show on here. Oh, no. We, yes, we have. We did Game of Thrones. And we did The Office. Why didn't we do and that we Dexter did... New Blood that came out? I was a big fan of that. That release looked like junk. So this but the is a, ALF complete series? Supposed to well, hear me out. 102 episodes. And we did Robocop, too. 102 episodes of the full show, 26 episodes of ALF, the animated series, 21 episodes of the animated ALF tales, and the TV movie project, ALF. I mean, that's definitive. That is definitive. And there was a funny comment that I read on this post on the Shout Factory um, Instagram where someone commented and said that late night one night on some public access channel, they played a version of an ALF episode, which is basically a take on a rear window. Like, I guess there was some mm-hmm. like parody that they did. And they put it on and there was no musical cues and there was no laugh track. And it was so bizarre that he said it kind of felt like a David Lynch movie. What is it like? Alf with binoculars? Yeah. Looking at, right. And he's making creepy and he's making jokes, but there's, but there's no laughing. So it's like really dry and really strange. And he said, it's the most surreal thing that this person ever saw. All right, I changed my mind. Day one purchase. <laughs> that does sound pretty wild. I wonder if I can find that online somewhere. I'm going to check that out. They should have included permanent midnight in there. The movie that Ben Stiller did that was based on the writer of Al. Of Al. And he was like a big drug addict and all that. That was really, I don't know too much about yeah. the creative creator. Dude, the dad, he got caught Willie. up in some skin. <laughs> what the fuck? You remember this shit. Uh, Willie. 
Yeah, dude, he got embroiled in some scandal. Wasn't he a crackhead or something? I don't know, man. I, don't I know. vaguely remember him getting caught with like prostitutes and crack. Alf and just needs cats. Alf needs to come back. No, he doesn't. Alf needs to come back on like Netflix and make his run there. Like, I don't know about a box set. It didn't work know. for Pee Wee. It ain't going to work for Alf. That's, I mean, no, I mean, I don't mean like new episodes. I mean, he just needs to show up on Netflix and let a new audience discover Alf and, you know, decide if he's still worth anything. I never realized I how passionate you were about Alf. I loved Alf, dude. Alf was like, yeah. He's going Netflix, a new generation, a new back. audience needs to discover I Alf. Mean, I'm waiting Did to you see the, the Rear Window episode? I'm waiting to see this the is art. price. <laughs> I'm waiting to bring it into the new generations for Shout Factory. Um, but yeah, so that's all coming out from Shout. Alf, coming soon. I love how the craft and life force got Who cares about that? with Alf. Alf. Oh, wait, so two for the money. Two for the money. Uh, what would you? What do you have to say about Night of the Hunter, which has also been announced from Kino Lorber, our new favorite 4K uh, studio. It's a great, great, great film, and it's funny to me that Kino keeps stealing Criterion titles and yeah. putting them out in 4K. Based on what I've, uh, the smidge that I've seen, based on what you've shown me and explained, and images and things that I've seen, and sounds like music. Blind by me, that one. That's what I was just about to say to you. I'm so interested in buying that movie just outright. Buy I really it. am, especially for 4K because it's a visual film, black and white, for the 50s. rich. Oh, dude, it does it for the fifties. That is a visual film. There, there are certain shots in that movie. I, it'll just stay with me. Yeah. And how many movies from the fifties can you say that? About? I know. No, that's why. There's I'm one interested. scene of a corpse underwater that just I get it's burned in my brain forever. Okay. Uh, and dude, Mitchum's killing it, and it. yeah, it's Robert great. Mitchum, yeah, great. Fun. Okay. It's such a cool premise too. How like oh yeah, I read that the, the kids so cool. know what's up, but the whole town is falling under this dude's spell. Yeah. He's posing as a preacher, but he's really there to just rob the family, yeah, rob a widow <laughs> and of her money. Yeah, <laughs> dude, it's awesome. It's such wow. a cool movie. Well, it's it's done. It's uh, there's no release date. It just has been announced, like late 2022. It'll yeah, be, I'll it'll be, be coming out. I'll be upgrading that one. Yeah, and then you've got a pair of steelbook releases for. Lawrence of Arabia and the Bridge of the River Kwai. Now, I mean, I've never seen these movies. I know they're, you know, classics, so to speak. And there's a lot of a big following for these waiting for these movies to come out. And these came out in those Columbia classic box sets a little while ago. But now they're coming back out in these steelbooks, which I happen to think look ugly. And I don't think I, I don't know what's wrong with like the traditional art that both of these, you know, originally came in. But. I don't think that looks very appealing yeah, to me at all. I've seen neither, but at least I know on Bridge of the River Kwai, that was like a very uh, iconic, the way they blew up the bridge. Yeah, so I right. guess that on the cover right. makes sense. I trying guess. to sell it. Kind of like what you were saying about ALF. They're trying to sell this to a new generation. Now, I agree. Not as important. <laughs> not as important But that's as what they're doing with these titles, Matt. Yes. ALF trying to Just get... Just throw Bridge of the River Kwai on Netflix... <laughs> Did you see how they referenced Rear Window? I don't even think Rear Window was out yet, but God, Alf dude, no laugh track in these movies either. Alf trying to eat the Tanner's cat was like represented the struggle I had to, and as a child as well, trying to just get by as a kid. I, I really, you know, reflected on that and really understood Alf and his struggles yes. to eat the family cat. Um, what about Beverly Hills Cop Two and its 35th anniversary 4K? Why did is you, this getting it? Did you pick up one? <laughs> one came out we did time? we covered it we did yeah like last year what did that or a while ago nah, i didn't pick it up now you're just waiting for the box Wait, set did I? no did you I'm not, I'm not waiting for the box set no did i pick up every little cop I, I don't remember. I must not have. Okay. I must have forgotten about well, it. Well, Beverly Hills Cop 2 is coming out in 4K. I picked up the Paramount Presents 48 Hours. 
May 17th. Did you get that 40, another 48 hours? Did you get No, that? not another 48 Oh, just regular? Hours. Just regular ass 48 hours? Just regular ass. <laughs> you mean regular the one that didn't hours? feature Alf? <laughs> Don't forget. <laughs> Alf. Coming soon. Um, well, and then one other exciting thing that I saw is... Well, real quick. Beverly okay. Hills Cop 2. Beverly Hills Cop yes, 2. Yes, give it to me. Not a bad sequel. Um, I'm not... It's nothing like the original. Tony Scott came in. The action got bumped up to like needed it to ludicrous levels yeah. the first one is very grounded even the action in the first movie feels plausible and realistic it's not schwarzenegger it's not stallone yeah this feel this felt more like oh these are explosions and you know and even axel foley eddie murphy was feeling himself by this point okay and i think the character of axel foley in this not not mean but like it's a little more, it's just, it's a more abrasive version of the first one. Not as clever. The story isn't as smart. Gotcha. And it features what's her name in it too, who disturbs me. Judge Reinhold. No, he's a national treasure. I love him. I'm talking, I do too. I'm talking, I just watched vice versa two days ago. Dude, watch Beverly. You love judge Ryan. Watch Beverly Hills cop, man. It was with our, my son. Billy. You gotta watch Billy, dude. Yeah. Uh, Taggart. Oh, dude, you gotta watch. He's great in that movie. He's probably great in this, too, if I remembered it. <laughs> I didn't watch it as much as I did the other one. Uh, actually, I even watched three more than this one, and three's worse. But uh, what was I saying? No, who's the, the man? She always, she she skeeves me out. The short-haired, blonde, Amazon. She was with Sylvester Stallone. Oh, Brigitte Nielsen? Yeah, yeah she's in Beverly Hills Cop, too, which, you know, yeah, no. Well, on that note, <laughs> no, I won't be picking this. Up. I won't be picking Not that up. Terrible. And if you're a fan, I guess this is the quintessential sequel, 80 sequel, where it kind of like another 48 hours, I'd imagine, where it's mm -hmm. just, yeah, it's got the stuff you love, but it's it's not there. You know, it's not it's not there. Like Comes the with a digital code. Oh, well, I'll be picking Answer this the up. Answer the call. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. Have you ever heard of a movie called The Man Who Shot Liberty Vance with James Stewart? I'm, uh, I'd never heard of it. it. I saw that it was coming out in 4K. I know it's a Western. It is. And I saw it was coming out in 4K, and I saw it was coming out from Paramount. When I clicked on it, I saw that it had the same box and everything as pa the Paramount Presents line. And I was like, interesting. So I dug a little closer, and it turns out this movie is the first Paramount Presents 4K release. So I don't give a shit about this movie, but the fact that they're now putting out 4K titles, I think it's pretty cool because we really like that. the same packaging? Exact same oh, that everything. that is really cool. Exact same packaging. Great, look, so now everything. I have to rebuy 48 hours in a year. <laughs> yes, you do. I <laughs> and forgot. mommy dearest. You do. They're going to start churning those out. Dude, the day that they start cash grabbing. I'm done. I'm upset. done with this channel. I'm grab. done with all of this. <laughs> I, I need a new hobby. Grab. I don't need the cash grab. Um, but no, I thought that was pretty cool. And then in the last, yeah, it is, it is. in the last 30 seconds of our broadcast, I wanted to give a shout out to heavenly kid, another movie that's going to be coming out that I loved as a child. I thought that, and, I thought that was a subscriber who left a good comment. No, <laughs> no, it's not. Kid? Maybe, maybe there is one star Jason Gedrick. <laughs> Who the fuck is that? <laughs> it's like one of those like cheesy ass, like eighties, movies that you know is just like one that was on tv all the time that i didn't had, had completely forgot about until i saw that like scorpion releasing or something is putting it out and it's essentially it's got like jane kasmerick and that dude that's like 
Um, right, I do know that name. Yeah, what's that that one guy's name? That's like the. Oh, I remember that cover. Yeah, in the um in the Twisted Sister video, the guy that comes in, he's like, "Hello, students." That guy, he's like a main character. I know who in you're this talking too. about. Yeah. I don't know his name. Mister Sister. He was also a bad guy in One Crazy Summer. Well, he's he's in this, not as a bad guy actually, but he's like one of the main characters. Yeah, this dude like dies in like a a car race. I remember that cover. He on comes VHS. back to be his like guardian angel or whatever. Cause he's kind of like going down a wrong path. I don't know. I always liked this movie a lot and couldn't believe that Scorpion releasing was putting this out. I probably, what? I'm not going to buy this, but I just wanted to give it a shout out for my childhood. Fair enough. So that's all Russ. That's about everything. I think we covered everything that was of any value lately. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. If anybody's out there watching, let us know. Is there anything else that you saw Russ that you were interested in? Lost Highway in 4K was a that is true. I forgot. notable release. I, Lost Highway in 4K was kind just of lesser, today. Yeah, lesser David Lynch, but worth a mention. No uh, details, just that Janus Films is the one that's going to be putting it out. And there's nothing about it, just that they're putting out a 4K version of it. Wait, they're putting it out? Yeah, I have no idea if Criterion or anyone else has ever put this Why out. Why are they? They're like a classic European. What the fuck do they have to do with Lost Highway? They're grabbing it and they're doing the restoration too, I think. So That's look interesting. out. How about that? I don't think I've ever seen. Uh, I didn't even know how to pronounce it. Is it Janus? 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 I, Whatever it is, I've only seen it before, like French films. Yeah, <laughs> like the fifties. They 60s. tweeted out what that, like, that? "Hey, we're we're putting this out in like um, yeah. June, June twenty fourth. Robert Blake got to eat. Got to eat. Is he still alive? I think he died in prison. Well, he's yeah, definitely got to eat then. Yeah. Wow. When that maybe when there's more like news on it or some packaging or some information, maybe we can come back and do a, a thorough dissection of Lost Highway. Dude, maybe they got an interview with the uh, notable rapist Marilyn Manson because he made an appearance in that film. He was in that movie and he did some soundtrack selections also, if I recall. Apple of Sodom. Apple of Sodom. looks like a little movie. Apple that was a wink. Sodom. Maybe it was like a wink to some happenings. Um, I heard Alf is a big David Lynch fan. No, no, yeah, that backwards. David Lynch is a big Alf fan. There'd be no Mulholland Drive without Alf. You know this. Come on, dude. Don't bullshit our audience. Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. Thank we'll you. See you next week.